from Champaign, Illinois, this is the Jumping the Rail Podcast with your hosts, Mark Redman and Mike Nartolinas. Welcome to episode 12 of the Jumping the Rail podcast. This is Mark Redman coming to you from Champaign, Illinois, and we have a little bit of a shake-up. Our uh, usual co-host, Mike Nergelinus, will uh, not be with us in studio today. He's got some personal business to tend to, so we're sending him all of our good vibes. And in the meantime, we've got a special guest with us, uh, one of my best buddies and uh, old-time wrestling fan with like all of us here the uh, italian stallion gary vasellio from the third wheels is here hey gary hello so we i'll ask you the first question we ask everybody or we try to uh how long have you been a wrestling fan gary oh my god uh when did when did bulldog fight brett on tv on TV? Uh, it was like a Saturday. It was like a special event. Was it the SummerSlam? I don't know. It was just on regular TV because I saw it. And then I saw some really old WCW. Like a pay-per-view, a few matches at my cousin's house. And then I had to watch it in secret because my mom did not like the pro wrestling. She was not a fan. <laughs> so, But I got really big into it around... Uh, WCW Sting time when he first started coming back as Crow Sting. So like I I had been in and out of it because I just I didn't have it on my TV. We live in Bismarck, like we didn't have a we had twenty two cable channels. <laughs> that was it. So yeah, for a while that's about twenty two more than we had in my house in uh, in Muncie, but. Yeah, pretty much all of my wrestling came from the magazines and the video store. Oh, yeah. Like, I used to, I for some reason, Bismarck, like, in their library, they had, like, the WWF magazine. And so I would follow, and then I would, when my mom would be shopping at the, the local supermarket, I would sit and read wrestling magazines because it was my only way to really connect because I just didn't have it on the TV. And for some reason, it captivated me. And I, I would read the list of who has the best drop kicks. I still remember Doink making <laughs> number one on best drop kick. Hey, Doink was damn good. Doink. Matt Bourne, man. Just yeah. Which, which Doink? <laughs> <laughs> Not the one under the ring with the with the plastic arm. No, but, no. But uh, no, nah, I was Doink doesn't get his due. But that's neither here nor there. So we got a pretty fun show planned for today uh, about half hour or so from now we got the voice of game changer wrestling kevin gill gonna be calling in and joining us and we'll uh, we'll talk about gcw we'll talk about the upcoming weekend in detroit and chicago and then we'll talk about the elephant in the room which is the hammerstein ballroom in uh, the end of the month where they'll be making their big debut and uh gary when you think of the hammerstein it's probably ecw for you right yeah yeah i mean all all those like Philly, New York, 
Like even uh, what's the one up in from Milwaukee? The Eagles. Oh yeah. Eagles Club. Yeah, I think so. They, that was like I remember watching the ECW show up there, and they they would hit all those rooms that were not huge but not small. They they really that was their specialty, like right. mid-sized auditorium, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a mid-sized, right. like the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. Right. Yeah. Where was the building in Decatur that they would come to? Oh, I saw a show there too, and I can't remember. Actually, they they filled. When they when ECW was on TNN, they did a they did a TNN taping, I believe, in Decatur. I don't remember exactly where it was, but okay. of course yeah. I went to I went to Heat Wave. It was ninety eight or ninety nine. Oh, in yeah. Ohio. In Ohio, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, we've we've talked before. Ninety eight, I think, is their best pay per view ever. Yeah, I went to the one where Spike got power bombed through the flaming table. Uh, that's 99. Yeah. Dudley's against Spike and Balls. Yeah, I missed 98, but I went to 99. Yeah. And didn't see any of it because I was on the floor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the last two matches, I snuck up to the top just so I could see him. But, like, well, Bubba and Devon, they fought down the aisle, and Bubba said some very colorful things <laughs> as he walked by. So that was, like, the highlight of it because we would be okay until everybody stood up. And for some, for, <laughs> I don't know why wrestling fans do it. They all stand up, and nobody can see anything. Right. And it just makes absolutely no sense. Yep. They all Have stand you ever up. been to a rock concert? <laughs> yeah, I but mean, it's, it's not the kinda, same. Like, well, it is. I mean, the energy. You're up, you're jumping, you're having a good time. It, it makes me laugh when all the fans will stand up, and then they'll start chanting, can't see shit. <laughs> it's like, there's a or, way to fix that. <laughs> or sit the F down. Right. So you can you can, you can say the f word in case you normally do. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I don't normally. Yeah, and okay, we're going to fine. have a real f off between you and uh, KG from the sounds of it's it. It's gonna be a fucking blast. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw the Dudleys in ECW then? Yeah. I gotta ask because I never got to see it. the promo. <laughs> How was the? Was it just white hot when Bubba was cutting his promos? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Everything was was clicking with ecw then so it really didn't like i was at the sh- i was at the pay-per-view in chicago where raven returned okay and awesome lost the belt or did he win the is belt? anarchy rules uh yeah that's the one where taz lost the belt taz to awesome. lost the belt to awesome and it was a three-way tanaka. with tanaka yeah and awesome and tanaka blew the doors <laughs> off that's my one of my favorite wrestling stories of all time has to do with that pay-per-view but it's not the pay-per-view we we went to a gas station after the show and we're just in the gas station getting supplies for the way home like twinkies and and soda and up at the register is raven and simon's dick is now hang on for for reference simon diamond had a uh had a sidekick named dick right and he yeah. was a big muscly guy looked kind of like uh what was his name Krampus? Yeah. So Raven is up there. They're paying for their stuff. And I'm just, I'm marking out. I don't say anything because I've never been the guy that like goes up to somebody famous. And I I, I just, I remember it because I was there. But uh, Raven's talking to Dick and he's like, he's like, so anyway, this guy dressed up like Santa Claus 
comes out to the ring in Philly, and the whole crowd starts booing him. So Paulie sends out 911, and he chokeslams him, and the whole crowd pops. He's like, only in Philly can you get a pop for chokeslamming Santa Claus. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite wrestling stories of all time, because this Raven, who's like, in real life, he's like four foot. Yeah, he's not a big he's guy. He's not a big dude, but like, <laughs> and so, and then actually, we went to like a, a Waffle House or something, and psychosis and somebody else came in like it was somebody and we're like huh okay <laughs> i remember there was when i was in high school at the uh, oakwood truck stop there was a night a friend of mine called me i didn't make it over there but i guess uh malenko saturn guerrero and benoit had just stopped in there to eat because yeah. they were on the loop but i couldn't get i think i was working i think uh, so i couldn't make it mark over there. mark Marcus Alexander Bagwell Redman, you're telling me <laughs> that you couldn't get away to see <laughs> all those guys at your local truck stop. It was it was all I could do to not just run from the Oakwood Market to the Oakwood truck stop, which was up by the on ramp oh, to dude, to seventy four. Yeah. But you know, everybody has their regrets. So we got some stuff to discuss, Gary. I don't know how much you watched of the uh of the live T V the last few weeks. But there's a uh, there's a big story brewing here with Mickey James going in the Royal Rumble, and uh, she's going in as the Impact Knockouts champion after this past Saturday. From what I understand, that was a good match. Yeah, so it I was. Heard, there was I heard there's a lot of actually good matches on that uh, on the the Hard to Kill pay per view. Hard to Kill. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, I mean that's such a weird. Sh- it's such a weird promotion because there are a lot of like interesting things about it, but some of it is just so like not there. Yeah. And and I don't get it. But like the whole Mickey and Deanna thing has been great. Like the great development, great character work. But her coming back to the Rumble is I mean, it's a win for her personally mm-hmm. because hey, I you kicked me out and now I'm I'm champion over here. I'm still working. I put together this women's pay-per-view. But it it's kind of a I mean it's it's still TNA and saying, "Hey, we know, or Impact. Impact yeah. saying, "Hey, we're loaning you our champion." But she's not going to win the Rumble, so well, no. it, it so it kind of all depends to me cuz the Rumble's all about to me anyway, it's about how much time you spend in the ring. Like, if she gets in there and she's in there a good half hour, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, 15 minutes even, like, that'll be a win. But if she gets in there, faces off against a few people, and then gets thrown out like Victoria did last year. Right. That That's kind of still, to me, that would be another slap in the face to the promotion and to her. Right, right. It's a... Uh, on- at face value, it seems like a huge win for Impact because WWE acknowledged her as the champion on their social media. And I think McAfee actually said it on the air on SmackDown. Yeah. So they're getting that exposure. I think they're bringing Mickey in to work with some of these young girls they've got that still can't work out of a paper bag. <laughs> so they got her, they got Lita coming back. They got, well, Kelly Kelly's a bad example. But, oh, yeah, it's a horrible example. <laughs> but... They want, I think they want to get some of these girls in the ring with some real seasoned veterans to hey, kind of. Hey, hot take! If you <laughs> if you want veterans to work with your younger talent, stop firing veterans. 
What exactly is working with a wet paper bag? What do you you mean they can't beat one? They can't it's beat like the way old, out of one? It's like the old you know the old saying you can't like about a bad actor, you can't act your way out of a paper bag. Okay. It's same same idea but with wrestling. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it's I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean I, obviously Mickey's not gonna win, but hopefully she'll get to have a good showing. She's still respected by all the girls in that locker room, so right. I, they'll make her look great. That's because she's still really good. She's she's damn good, yeah. And like you said, she's doing so much work with the NWA and with Impact, getting their women's divisions moving. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully this works out. And from the rumors I'm hearing, that's not the only big surprise for the Rumble. There's talk of maybe somebody in the men's match coming from someplace else. The only thing I could I, – first, uh, first thought in my head was Christian because he was in there last year true and then he went to aew and honestly i i think i'm he's got to have been hurt or something because he got he hasn't been doing anything now he's just been jungle boy's mentor yeah much. so i'm guessing he got banged up it's possible maybe he's not quite over that concussion problem uh well yeah just like his shoulder all taped up with the right. kt tape but i mean he was putting together great matches yeah and he's great in the mic still but that's the thought that comes to my head. I don't know who else they would bring back. I don't know if it's even a bring back situation. It might just be like if they're going Impact, or they would they bring in somebody like Moose? I mean, maybe not him because he's a world champion, but like you've got plenty of talent out there to bring in. Yeah. The the logical if they're bringing Mickey, I mean, it's possible they could bring in Aldis, you know, for a one off. True. Or I mean, it could be somebody like Big Show or Mark Henry. I hope not. <laughs> just come back for your last hurrah because I, I don't know like wwe seems to get buyer's remorse after they release these people and then then it's just they still don't do anything so it's just kind of like the whole samoa joe situation right released him triple h brings him back puts him in a great angle mm-hmm. then he got win, hurt wins the title and the whole hurt thing like it kind of convenient Kind of convenient. Like, I, I think they were starting the whole retooling of NXT, the the decimation of the product. Right. <laughs> the uh, dissection of Triple H's vision to... Yeah, you, you <laughs> had a you had something that... Well, actually, the only... It was the only of the shows that I fast... Didn't... Like, most shows, I will fast forward through a lot of it. Because it's just the same stuff. Right. At NXT, like, it used to be that show, I was like, you know what? I actually, I'm interested in these characters. I'm interested in how they're working. Uh, they gave them longer time. They gave them, you know, more development time. And it was it was good. It was less entertainment, more wrestling. Which yeah. was, and I've said several times that NXT was the best entering product on TV across wrestling in general. Oh, yeah, bar none. It was... Because for all of AEW's shortcomings with their guys, because honestly, most of their talent was young and hadn't ever been on TV before, these guys in NXT had been trained to how to work TV, but Triple H was letting them wrestle like like they were used to. I Yeah, I heard, uh, well, I was listening to Freddie Prince Jr.'s wrestling podcast. If you haven't learned... I haven't listened to it yet. It's good stuff. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. has Fre- one. He Freddie used to. He, he used, used to write. write for WWE. He was a uh, yeah, one he, of the writers. He directed for about some of their segments. Three too. years. Wow. He's a big wrestling fan. We're talking about the guy that was in that really crappy '90s. Which one? All that movie or something, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was gonna say which crappy '90s wow. movie yeah. are you talking about? 
Yeah, and he had Macaulay Culkin on, and they were talking, and Freddie flat out said that uh, there was a guy he talked to that was an exec with Fox that WWE brought in to be their new COO. And they asked him at Fox if they wanted to buy everything. And Fox said the price was too high, and they only bought SmackDown. Hmm. So they wanted. So they wanted to put Raw on Fox. No, they wanted to sell the product. Oh, the company. Oh wow. So they think that this all is a way to show that they're a streamlined product because the the thought is Vince McMahon is so Vince McMahon that he refuses to just give his company to his daughter and her husband. No. And that's the common. So they're they're trying to sell it to Fox by stripping all of its assets. That sounds like that's, a, that's a what theory. Wall Street does. That hasn't been confirmed by anybody yeah. yet, but that's that's one of the the theories out there. But hey, the we're thing, gonna lose to AEW. Might as well lose bigger. They've lost bigger before, and yeah, <laughs> they came back. They've lost bigger. I don't, I don't know, Vince. Man, he's just kidding. Vince is old, and you know he's set in his ways. But yeah, well, he had to buy the company. Get off of my lawn. <laughs> he bought it be, from Vince Senior. Yeah. So he may be telling Steph the same thing. Hey, if you want this company, you have to buy it from me. Doesn't Vince have a son also? He yeah. does. He's not as active in the company as Stephanie is. Right on. He, he'll he come and go, but he's not full-time yeah. with it. Years ago, he sold all of his – Shane, his son, sold his shares Shane, and started right. another company. Right. He it wasn't a wrestling company. It was, it was like a digital a, company in China. It was a digital China. company. But, yeah, I don't think he – yeah, he doesn't own any shares. He just comes and – yeah. Does TV. I think he's basically on-air talent. Pretty right? much, yeah. He might have some sort of a role backstage, but no ownership. So I would... There's Being something... the nepotism kid. <laughs> yeah. So that's rampant in wrestling from the last 70 years. <laughs> I want to run something by you, Gary. Uh, I don't know how uh, you feel about this. I'm kind of bothered by it. There is an interim TNT champion in AEW now. That's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb, dumb, dumb. You fans don't realize Gary likes to sugarcoat things sometimes <laughs> when he has an opinion. What is a TNT champion? It's like AEW secondary men's championship. It's like their television championship. Oh, so now they have two different. They have two championships in I their gotcha. men's division. But Cody was supposed to defend that title on Saturday. And was it COVID? COVID, COVID protocols. Yeah, so, he, so they wound up having... His opponent, which was Sammy Guevara, have a match with Dustin Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of having it be a number one contenders match or something, they did an interim championship, which is something. Well, I there's nothing. Some uh, Vince McMahon ploy, isn't it? Where no, just, Vince doesn't do that. Up. No, that's a, that's a belts? that's a UFC ploy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it's Tony's idea of being a real sport, being a sport type thing, and. Which is great, except for like AEW, like their contendership and their wins and losses that matter don't matter. They don't matter, no. <laughs> because Daniel Bryan shouldn't have shouldn't have had any kind of title shot. No, and Scorpio Sky should be the number one contender for everything because I don't yeah. think he's had a pin since like yeah. what year and a half ago. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, it's Tony. Tony's all talk. I can say that I, safely, knowing Narge is I, not here. I know he. I yeah, know, you know Narge is going to listen, right? I I know he wanted to have all the titles defended, and that's and that's it's it's yeah. that's hey, that's awesome. But you could have said, okay, we're going to make this for the number one contendership, right? 
or some, or you could have just stripped the title if you're if right. you're going to make an interim title just strip the belt yeah that's just lazy booking in my opinion and also if you're going to have all the titles defended on a show make it longer than an hour yeah <laughs> I mean, come on i know you want to get the meg on tv but you can do a two-hour show giant sharks and jason statham that that's where the real money is at that's right no, but this is a televised show so doesn't the television company get to decide this crap that's yeah. my that's my thinking yeah. but still <laughs> they could have easily made the battle of the belts a dynamite special and do it two or, hours or like I, I i think i had a conversation on facebook with narge about this it was if you're going to do battle of the belts start it on friday night end it on saturday night make Did, it a two-night event then you yeah. got your two hours Sort, that, of, sort, of like, sort of like WrestleMania, except isn't everybody pretty much complaining about this two-day bullshit? Everybody complains yeah. about everything. Well, <laughs> well WrestleMania is Wrestling just, fans. The, the, the problem with WrestleMania is, so you have like, it's literally like eight hours. Right. So right. You're, you're sitting, like as a fan, you're sitting there, you're waiting, you're waiting, and waiting. Right. The show finally starts, you get the first few matches, you're all hyped up, you're at WrestleMania, you're with... Thirty, forty thousand people, or whatever it is, or a hundred thousand in Dallas, right? Or a hundred, yeah, 000. they're doing Dallas this year. So you have all that, you know, you're you're hot, you're a great crowd. Well, you get about halfway into that, people are sleeping. That's a marathon, <laughs> man. Like that's a lot of adrenaline to dump, and then your last match of the card, like doesn't it? It could be, it could be like the resurrection of Randy Savage <laughs> comes and fights like the ghost of Roddy Piper, the ghost of Roddy Piper. <laughs> And that you would still have people that weren't popping for that because they just got nothing left. So by the end of WrestleMania, like that's why they've split it up. But now mm-hmm. you're. But so today, so let me ask this: So WrestleMania now, it's two days on television, but is it two days at the event, or they yes. just film yeah. the whole event? No, it's two so, two live. So to events. me, what I see there is it's fifty dollars a night or eighty dollars for the weekend. I see them looking at a way to make more money by splitting oh, yeah. it up right. too. So oh, I don't yeah. know that it's all in the advantage of the fans. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. That if if nobody's ever told you before, wrestling promoters are carnies. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> so they, they're kizarnies. Yeah, they're all carnies, man. Like half the fan base that I've met in wrestling seem to be like very into the carny life. Also, yeah, like true believers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Mar- Marks will be Marks, and Marks will, and Mark is Mark. There's there are smart Marks, and then there's a smart Mark who's sitting before you. But uh, <laughs> enough puns. But yeah, I just I know Tony's trying to be like real sport, and that's and the UFC always does interim champions whenever somebody gets hurt or doesn't make weight or something. But come on, yeah. it's wrestling. Well, it's, does it does the interim champion and let's say UFC, but even this. Do they get since they held the belt for a minute? Do they get the chance when the real champ comes oh, yeah. back to, uh, to, to fight for the belt? Yeah, they'll have a unification match. Okay, that that always happens. It's just, it's like I said, this is lazy booking because everybody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, unless right. Sammy drops the interim title to this is, this somebody. Is the same then. guy that refuses to put the main event on the main event and refuses to put Jay Lethal on TV. Yeah, because I understood putting Punk on first, but. When, when you're putting, like, you put Brian and Cowboy, the 60-minute barn burner, mm-hmm. that the whole crowd was into, and I, as a person who fast-forwards, I watched that whole thing. That was good stuff. Yeah. That told a story. 
It was real wrestling. There were bumps. There were there were dumb bumps, <laughs> but but bumps. I know you're very critical of Brian's work sometimes, well, not protecting himself. But he's he's actually better now than he was yeah. in WWE. Yeah, he works smarter now. He's smarter now, and he's he's really good now. Yeah, but you put that on first. You know how long that match is going to be. You right. know for a fact how long that's going to be. So you put it on, and I know you, you want to say, here's what you do with that. You have a match that you can throw away. You throw it away on purpose. You put you put Cowboy and Brian on, and you, and you say, if this goes long, we'll have to put this match on dark. Right. Or you'll put this on next week. And so you make it seem like you weren't expecting that hour long. My all-time favorite match happened on TV it was Clash of the Champions, Flair and Steamboat, two out of three falls in 89. And the whole match, number one, it's a classic. It went about, I think, 55 minutes. It didn't go to a draw. But the whole match, JR kept going on about how if this match doesn't go the time limit, we have standby matches available. So they had matches that weren't ever going to be seen on television. Yeah. Just waiting in the locker room just in case that match didn't go an hour. Yeah, and so yeah, interim championship. It's a decent idea, but it's not worth. It's it yeah, it wasn't worth the time to do it. No, no. So, let me see how we're doing for time. We're About, good. We're good. I'm waiting on uh, I'm waiting on Kevin to call us. All right. So let me see. Ah, I see Dwayne's with us again. Hello, Dwayne. Want to talk about Brock real quick? I'll talk about Brock. Let's talk about Brock. He's the... It's, uh, it's dumb. Is it dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Please, tell me more. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a groove, man, but it's... No, it's... The reason... Brock... If you're going to treat Brock Lesnar like an attraction, mm-hmm. treat him like an attraction. Andre didn't always have to have the belt. Never had to have the belt. Never had to have the belt. Brock's been on TV more, and honestly, I will say this for the first time maybe ever... I am almost enjoying Brock Lesnar. Almost. So is my wife. Because he's got a do- different attitude, the way he's dressing. Personality. He, he has personality, <laughs> finally. But the idea where you bring him into a match that's already overcrowded to to fight and then win the title. Just to get him a payday. Just to get him a payday or put the other title on him. So apparently, in my thinking, he was going to beat Reigns... At, at day one. And I'm guessing Reigns probably goes to Rumble, wins the Rumble, or he somehow gets it back at Mania, or maybe he doesn't, or maybe he fights Rock. I, I, I don't know. I, I heard a, a theory on, uh, actually I heard it through on Busted Open yesterday, where they thought that Reigns was supposed to drop the title to Brock at day one, Ro- Rollins was supposed to win the Universal title yeah. in the original plan. So what I'm hearing is some people are saying that oh at the Rumble, uh, Brock's going to retain over Lashley, which I'm jazzed for. I'm ready for that match. It's going to be awesome. But they're saying that Rollins is going to beat Roman for the Universal Title and take that title back to Raw. Yeah. Then Brock will go back to SmackDown, where he's been a regular for the last few months, and then they'll move Brock and Roman to WrestleMania. I'm tired and of have Brock, Roman beat but Brock. I'm so tired of Brock and Roman. I know, but it's 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 the it's Superman punch, German suplex. Superman but, punch, German suplex. Like, but it draws money though. As does long it? as it draws money, does then, it? I think it does. What, what are it's, the ratings like? <laughs> ratings are different, but 
I mean, if you look at it just in general. I cannot believe that pairing. I, I can't believe Brock Lesnar still is a draw. He's, he's an attraction. He's an attraction. So but he's, if, as long as they announce him like a week before, he'll yeah, sell tickets. He won't continue to sell tickets if you keep using him. Well, you can bring him out every week. They just don't have to have him wrestle every week. Yeah. That's I what mean, they did with Hogan. Hogan was never on TV when we were kids. He was just doing the pay-per-views yeah, and the Saturday Night's main I, events. I, I just think it, one, I don't think they ever gave. So you give Big E the belt. Big E is a giant dude he's like 260 something like that yeah he's a he they build him the same weight as lesnar and he's not as tall and then you got lashley you have all these guys in this match and yet you still have brock lesnar come run through them all run through them all even lashley makes absolutely no sense because bobby lashley is just about as legit as a human being can be that's true that dude's giant he knows how to actually fight. He knows how to actually wrestle. That you're not going to just pick him up and throw him around. You're not no, going to just pick but, Big E up and throw him around. No, but uh, that's been a complaint for a while about Brock. Do then you got you know he was actually working like doing multiple like he's doing more than just. But yeah, so we're gonna see what happens with the rumble. I mean, like I said, there's there's theories everywhere. But uh, what we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna head into our break now, and then when we come back, we're gonna be talking with Kevin Gill from GCW. So uh, so stick around.
Hey, welcome back. Certainly glad you could join us. All right, and yes. we are back. So, Mark and Gary back with you, and we are joined now by the voice of Game Changer Wrestling, who this weekend will be in Detroit on Friday and in Chicago on Saturday, and his name is Kevin Gill. Kevin, how you doing, man? What up, though? What an honor it is to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, we appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we're uh, pretty big GCW fans on this show. Uh, our regular co-host isn't with us right now, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's the one that got me into it. And uh, oh yeah, hell yeah! But uh, we watch a lot. We I'm always watching on fight, you know. But uh, we'll just get to the basic the basics of it. Uh, our usual first question is: Were you a fan growing up? Like, when did you get into wrestling? Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, to me, I mean, not everybody involved in wrestling was, but it feels like most most people that that love it or are addicted to it or are obsessed with it like we all are um it just starts at that young age you know when you're in like early grammar school you know what i mean like you i came up in the era when like magazines were still a thing so you'd see the bloody magazine covers in the store and you know you'd cut see it flipping by the channels but then eventually the characters catch you and uh you know wrestling had its highs and lows over the years like you know there's been obviously down periods that everyone talks about but the spirit of wrestling and the awesome of wrestling like even if you don't like current wrestling uh elapsed fans so to speak you think back on how good it used to be and there was a time years ago when ecw kind of reignited that spark in me and in a lot of people of like oh wow wrestling can be awesome again and uh, now it's just insane to come full circle and be uh, involved with GCW, who I feel like are, are kind of really electrifying the wrestling game, bringing a lot of new fans to wrestling uh, on an independent level, which is unprecedented. And it's just like it's just a, an amazing thing to be a part of. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were talking about the magazines. Or as I popped this past. <laughs> I distinctly remember my first magazine was a picture of Wahoo McDaniel just bloody mess and i was bloody everywhere man oh yeah the thought the color but i i was you know and you know how it is when you would if you were at that show where that photo was taken there was a bunch of different styles of matches and performers on the show and there was maybe a match or two that had some extra violence some extra blood in it and that's the one that got the cover and i I think that's the perfect analogy uh for gcw a lot of people look at it on the surface and just think oh that's just hyper violent deathmatch wrestling and it's like there might be a death match on the show. There might even be a state of the art death match tournament, right? But it's wrestling is a variety show. And I think the most successful wrestling companies in the world still keep that in mind in terms of having a variety of presentation and performers. Yeah. And uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head with GCW and uh, looking at this card in Detroit, you're bringing in a match that I can't wait for because it's one of my favorite feuds I've ever now, seen. Now, which on the one? Ends. Because I'm, I'm looking at the card, too, for Detroit, and it's like, uh, do you guys mind if I swear on here? Oh, we, we actually, we encourage it. <laughs> please, okay, fuck. please I mean, swear a lot. I sound better card, when you dude, do. It's fucking insane. Like, every match is like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but, but no, the one I'm talking about, you got, I mean, for Christ's sake, you got Alex Shelley and Jimmy Jacobs going one-on-one again, and it's been, what, 10 years maybe since they've had a match together? Is Shelley? Shelley's cleared? Yeah. He, I didn't even know he was back. He had a health match with Cardona in Detroit, what was it, last month, yes. month before? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, in the last several weeks. Yeah, but... He's uh, back, and he he was awesome. Yeah, but Jimmy Jacobs is one of my favorites. He just I've seen him at 
IWA shows, Ring of Honor shows. But the stuff he him with Shelly just just so natural. I mean, it's got to be part in training together. But they've just they and have, yeah, what a what a homage and what a moment for Detroit area wrestling. You know what I mean? To not just have people like like Jacobs and Shelly who were so synonymous with it, but then even adding that sauce of like this. You know, having Sabu be present, having right. Kevin Nash in the building, like yeah, it feels like a real celebration of of a region of wrestling that doesn't, uh, in my opinion, really get the shine it deserves for its place in wrestling history. Oh, absolutely. And then the, you got you got Rhino coming in too. The the fact of course Sab, the fact coming across town the, the, the pure fact <laughs> from the boatyard the pure fact that Sabu is still alive <laughs> is something to to to. Be, be joyous about and you could build a pay-per-view around just that right there's no reason that that man should still be walking no <laughs> yeah he had been wanting a, a complete body transplant or whatever by at least must be 18 years ago you know what i mean and yeah. uh it's like Muda. yeah muda's knees have been I, gone since like 98 <laughs> so right like in the current uh uh time frame i know sabu is not accepting uh bookings to wrestle like he's right. not wrestling at this time um but i and you know he's talked publicly about his desire to maybe have an official retirement match right. his pitch is him versus brock lesnar uh we'll <laughs> wow. see what what so time he wants, will he tell retire and that, die but, in the same yeah. match yeah, that'd be a good way to do it. <laughs> I just want to say it saves a lot of money on, on medical bills. Like, yeah, Sabu, this is not what we mean by a death match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we actually had Fonzie on this show about two months ago. He was our very what first a interview. Oh, what a great hey, daddy. guy. Yeah, but he had... How many times did he say daddy? Uh, I think it was every other word. I mean, <laughs> I when, I was, when right, I was messaging right, right him, down the middle. when I was, like, texting him before he came on, every time he answered, hey, Mark, daddy, how's it going? It was, <laughs> And I, I was happy. I was, I was great. But I no. wonder if Fonzie types the text out or if he uses voice to text, because it would make even more sense if he uses voice to text, because then all the daddies would just be natural. Oh, I know, right? But uh, no, he was a great, he had a lot of great stories about Sabu and uh, Van Damme, ECW in general. But uh, yeah, Sabu, I got to meet him about 12 years ago and great guy. He was the same deal, just, oh, yeah. doing, just doing an appearance. He was doing an appearance for Ian for IWA. And Oh, uh, wow. But, uh, but yeah, he just... Yeah, Sabu's always been uh, to me a very kind, very generous. Uh, just a and and when you think of what he's contributed to the wrestling game, what he's put himself through for the wrestling game, it's like he's he's a legend. He's on the Mount Rushmore of hardcore, the Mount Rushmore of deathmatch, the Mount Rushmore of extreme, whatever oh, yeah. you want to call it. Absolutely, um, you know what I'm saying. Like his his uh, achievements just can't be un unrecognized if yeah. that makes sense yeah plus just having a reputation as being a tough motherfucker i mean just that barbed wire match with funk when he just taped up his bicep and kept going is just insane to me oh well, how like, about when he got shot in the face i don't even think he went down when he got shot in the face you know uh, what i mean I if you so. if you've read his book it's 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 he's he's a fucking tough bastard okay. and i mean that in a good way i mean holy yes. shit i mean he he also survived in the ring with new jack on multiple occasions so like <laughs> That, that's also an accomplishment. It is, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So we kind of, it's called jumping the rail. We kind of go off the rails every now and then. So <laughs> that's great, though. So what I wanted to ask, how did you get involved with uh, GCW? Like, Were you already what? in the business before, or was it something? Yeah, I had, been, I had been a referee for a number of years, and uh, not for GCW, but just around the independence. 
and I uh, made the move from uh, referee to commentator uh, because I, I had done a lot of talking in my shoot job uh, stuff, but not so much in the wrestling world. But I, I finally got some opportunities to put the gift of gab uh, out of the business sector and uh, video game sector and all that and into into wrestling. So I was doing all that stuff and uh, I had become a, I, w- I follow wrestling, you know, insanely closely. So anyone that's making noise or making a buzz or whatever, like I want to know about it and I want to be watching it. So uh, like Joey Janela and Game Changer Wrestling got on my radar really before GCW was even announced when it was still part of, I guess, the JCW or Jersey Championship Wrestling family. But I would see these clips of what they were up to on uh, social media, on Facebook in particular. And it was just like, these dudes are crazy and they have this wild edge to them. I love it. Like rebellious, like under underground type shit, but in a forward looking sort of way. So I had actually booked Joey Janela uh, to wrestle at an event I was putting together and he ended up getting hurt and couldn't do it. But from that point on, I was in touch with them. And the second they announced Joey Janela's spring break for uh, Flo- uh, Florida, the original one. And, you know, this was a thing that was unheard of to run a show at that time of night. You know, they weren't uh, nationally or internationally known. Um, and I just hit them up and congratulated them. I thought it was brilliant what they were trying to do. And I asked if there was any way I could be a part of it. And I was obviously the, f- the first person to ask since they had just like put out the announcement like that second. And they said, uh, yeah, just keep in touch. And uh, just and then as I got closer, they're like, oh, we're going to like rotate people. So you could just pick whatever match you wanted. And it's funny, too, because uh, I could pick whatever match I wanted. But the match I wanted more than anything was uh, I keep forgetting now because it's like involves a husband and wife. But then they were on opposite sides. So I screwed up in my head. It, who was it? It was uh, Andy Williams. It was Andy Williams and Penelope Ford, I want to say, versus the butcher and the bunny okay or the blade and the bunny uh you know what I'm saying? yeah pepper. Uh, pepper pepper park yeah. yeah so that because of the every time i die crossover and i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of all the people in that match so right. it's just funny though out of this totally wacky wild card i was like that one that one you know what i mean yeah. so that that was my first opportunity to work for gcw and i had a, a great experience and you know they they uh from there, I was still working in other places, and they were still building their their empire, so to speak. So I came back the following year for Spring Break 2, and I got to do a few more matches. And then I it was kind of around Spring Break 3, a little maybe a little bit before Spring Break 3, and then afterwards that I just started uh, being on pretty much every show since then. And it, it's been an incredible, I mean, to say an incredible run for me is, is the understatement of the year. Like, uh... Uh, again, as a historian of some sort, as someone who studies the business closely, who uh, consumes, you know, not just uh, content in a way, but well, definitely not just content in a way, but the actual like the numbers, the insight, the the stuff of really how the whole thing works. It's unfathomable to me what Game Changer Wrestling is accomplishing and with the size of how small the operation is. It's there's not even a website. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's. Um, it's wild. It's, it's wild west. It's last outlaws. Is not a gimmick. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, we noticed the, the but, website doesn't exist. I think there might be a a merchandise site, maybe. Most definitely, GCWmerch.com. Right. I think launched this year, and that's been um, like upgraded and renovated a few times already. It's evolving before yeah, our yeah. eyes. So there's lots of cool stuff to check out on there. You know, signed event posters, lots of limited run stuff. 
yeah. as well as some of the more the more traditional items. One of, one of the reasons I love pro wrestling so much is how many stories are kind of like yours where like the guy's like, so I just started showing up one day and then they eventually started paying me. Like, well, here, there's, the there's funniest story I could tell you is stories uh, like that. I, <laughs> the funniest story I could tell you like that, I think, is uh, uh, I want to say it was. Um, well, do you, you don't remember offhand when the first blood sport was, do you? Oh, Josh Fournette's blood sport. I want to say it was at the White Eagle Hole in New Jersey. Yeah, it was. I, it was. I know it was in New Jersey. I forget. All right, if it was in New Jersey, then this is the one. I don't because there's been so many events. Sometimes I mix things up, but yeah, it was the collective weekend, and they're doing. Uh, I was working on a whole bunch of different shows for Game Changer, and then I also worked for Blackcraft Wrestling, and I got like my schedule, so to speak, in advance, and I was not scheduled for Bloodsport. Um, and then in talking with Brett, and uh, you know, as time went on, I was like, cool, so definitely not needed for Bloodsport. He's like, 100 percent, no, and I'm like, all right, good. Just, I mean, I would love to do it, but I'm just trying to know what I'm free for and whatever. So, <laughs> so I show up a few minutes before. Well, not a few minutes. I, sh- I was there. I was there to see Bloodsport, but I was there early because I worked on a show before it. And um, the other announcer comes up to me when I get there and is like, oh, so uh, tonight it's going to be you and me on commentary. And I was like, oh, well, I was told they specifically have someone and I'm 100% not doing it. And I was like, I have no opposition to doing it, but I'm told it's 100% handled. And they're like, okay. So then they come back like an hour later and they're like, have you heard anything? And I'm like, no. I'm like, all I heard was it was confirmed for me again yesterday that I'm 100% not doing it. So uh, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So then um, I forget who I was sitting with. I'm standing there having a beer or whatever. And then the commentator comes over and is like, hey, bro, it's like one minute to airtime. I, I, it's you and me, I guess, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I went out there and called blood sport. So, uh, some people will then say like, oh, it's unbelievable. He didn't even know like 10 points of research on competitor number seven. And it's like, well, sometimes the art of the game is being able to deliver to the best of your ability and, and to focus on the stuff you can focus on and the stuff you can help spotlight and carry and enhance because, you have no prep, you have no net, and you it's confirmed you're not working on the show. And then you're like, hello, everyone, and welcome. Right. But yeah. <laughs> so you, you kind of just bullshit but your way through it a little, I'm, huh? I'm, you know, uh, of course, am I going to flub a line or make a mistake along the way? Just like every commentator in professional sports, a million percent. But I would rather have an opportunity to call a totally unique, one-of-a-kind show that's become a series like Bloodsport just like that with one minute's like oh let's go i would rather do that than never get a chance to do it you know what i mean oh yeah yeah just just make sure that uh, you watch a lot of nfl games with chris collinsworth doing the color commentary and do the exact opposite of him <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's a good thing is by never watching uh football or whatever um i i, I don't allow any of that to seep into my work <laughs> yeah so one of the things we always talk about especially with with you and your work is you call it like a fan which we appreciate because it kind of gets us right into the into the mix when as we're watching is that something you consciously try to do is like i want to add that element to it well i feel like i i want to be it's not even that i want to be i feel like i i to the best of my ability i am 100 percent uh authentic and or organic or both 
in that I'm legitimately reacting to everything I see. And of course, like all of us, we're all fans on one level or another, or we're all fans, period, if we're this interested in it. But uh, there's always that mix of like, I think of the the people at home because there's pe- there's always people that are watching for the first time. There's always people that have been watching from day one. There's casual observers. There's people who watch regularly, but still somehow haven't seen the people in this match. So there, it's like, just kind of a filter of how can you kind of service so to speak or touch in a way in a non-gross way how can you touch kind of all these different facets of the fandom that's there and I think the one thing that ties it all together whether you're a knowledgeable enough fan like you guys are where you you know you broadcast about it you you put a lot of time into thinking not just consuming a product uh to someone who's just the first time watcher the friend or the girlfriend or boyfriend of someone they're in the same way that you guys are excited by hearing uh, uh, a fan enthusiasm injected is the same sort of in, uh, enthusiasm that's going to let them let loose and get involved and get vocal and, and feel it. So I just feel like being authentic and as the, the greats have taught me, you can't fake passion. You can't phone it in. You can't create it. It's you either have it or you don't. And I think the the passion that I put in to the the job is what connects with people as a as like like as you said as kind of like a, a fan based POV because at the core of pro wrestling you know what I mean the pops the roars the boos all of that is driven by passion it's a very it's a passion play yeah. you know what I mean yeah and and I appreciate you very much asking that question oh yeah definitely now. When I first got into the Indies, it was probably like oh three, oh four, when I moved up to the Chicago area, and I got exposed to a guy by the name of Dave Prezak in uh, oh, IWA and Mid American and all that. Do you get to work with this guy now? And he's oh, yeah. one of my favorite announcers in wrestling. He was also one of my favorite managers for the record back in the day. Yeah, he's so, just a, a, an uber talent. Like, and I'm so glad he's going into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, oh, yeah. coming up in just a few weeks in new york city i'm so glad that cm fucking punk is inducting him into the indie wrestling hall of fame because i don't think from a promoter side from a commentator side from a manager side i don't think there's a single soul on the independence that can qualify to the extent that he does for any and all of those categories he's a just a, a god of it and and to have all that going on to be as talented as he is and to be as humble and self-effacing and kind and considerate and supportive person, he is he is on another level without without a doubt. You know what I mean? How oh, yeah. how I don't hear Dave Prezak on my television every week, I'll never understand. And how all these major companies that are trying to have a better understanding and a better fundamental execution of women's wrestling how they are not uh, retaining the services of Dave Prezak. He is, uh, you know, on the Mount Rushmore of the shit. And yeah. yeah, I'm to say honored and thrilled to work with him is understatement of the year. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's an understatement to say that Dave Prezak saved women's wrestling in North America in 2004, 2005. But uh, yeah, you mentioned punk. I mean, there's, is there anybody more qualified to put Prezak in a hall of fame than CM Punk? Man. It's just so magical, and and uh, I'm a longtime CM Punk fan, advocate, supporter. Um, you know, obviously, CM Punk from 
all public facing information seems to, you know, be someone that doesn't like to appear a lot of places or, you know, maybe I don't know what the correct word is. Is he a private person? Whatever it might be. He's not someone that's out on the road appearing somewhere ever or rarely in right. my in my view uh, he'll, he'll do these uh, you know you might see him at c2e2 yeah he's selective the fact that start? cm punk would uh agree or choose to uh appear at something like this is a nod is such a nod to his love and respect of prezak yeah and the love and respect we all as a community have for cm punk uh you multiply that by the respect he has for prezak and i think that can bring the masses who may are hearing Dave Krasak's name for the first time somehow right now to give them an understanding of like who this person is and how much they matter and why it's so important to honor and respect these people and to give them their flowers. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. Did he get his start in LWF too? I think he got a start in uh, mid American wrestling with the Spirito. Okay. I, th- I think don't quote Carmine me. Carmine the Spirito. Yeah, the hustler. But, uh, but no, Prezak's a guy I would love to have on this show sometime just to pick his brain a little bit. Uh, the whole Hall He's great, thing... and shout out to Lenny Leonard as well. Oh, yeah, um, I've definitely. gotten to work with Lenny a few times through yeah. uh, GCW. I even got to work with Ian uh, Riccoboni uh, in the past, uh, one time for, at a Ring of Honor deal. But I'm hoping, uh, I know Ian's coming in to do a match at Hammerstein. We'll see how the pairings work out. But uh, I would love the opportunity to call a match with Ian that oh, yeah. I'm not that, uh, you know, I wasn't so like, uh, like kind of nervous to go out and just call a match quickly on ring of honor. You know what I mean? I thought you were gonna in my, in, like, in the comfort of my own, uh, my own turf, so to speak, I would love the opportunity to do it again. And Ian's a world-class commentator. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you got to call a match with Ian rotten. And I was going <laughs> to, Oh, <laughs> I, I I've been to, I've also been to IWA, 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 IWA in Ulytic, Indiana. That's a town. I went to um that's a real oh, what's town. What's the city? <laughs> Ulytic. <laughs> Hold on. I what's uh it's the city where they did um uh Necro Butcher versus uh Low Key. Oh shit, was that It's like a they did Illinois, but it has like a Midlothian name before. Midlothian, yeah. They did the Midlothian. Mid- the <laughs> I remember that match. <laughs> I have that match on DVD. How I was I was at the one Reckless Youth was wrestling at the one I was at, so it's a while. <laughs> so it's ago. been a while. It was supposed to be Quackenbush versus Reckless Youth, which is why I was there. I was a Quackenbush mark. Never saw him wrestle. Sure. Back to the magazines. I oh, yeah. I'd read all. I'd read his Fantastic Finishers magazine cover to cover like ninety oh, times. Wow. <laughs> but I never got to see Quack wrestle live. Yeah. He he missed. No, the, he's he's he great. He's the, great in the ring. He missed the flight. So, but I got yeah. to see Reckless. Either. Quack Quack is so smooth in the ring. Hey Kevin, we got a question. Do you think for he you. shoot? Do you think he shoot missed the flight, or is that like the old wrestling tactic of the uh, promoter didn't buy the flight? I know he's missed several flights over the years. <laughs> okay, fair it, enough. It was, it was it was it was Ulytic, Indiana. I know. <laughs> so, wow, I, I know he missed, that. He missed the oh, like uh, EU. No, I th- something like oh oh maybe. <laughs> wow. I I, uh, I still think about just the word mid Lothian. Like yeah. what the fuck is that? Like where? How does that? What is the it's meaning of that Chicago word? Chicago. It's up it? suburbs. Yeah, I think they just go. They have so many suburbs. They just go through the dictionary and just pick words to be town names. Right, right, right. <laughs> but no, I uh, I was at the TPI in '08 and Quack missed his flight. I'm doing finger quotes for you listeners. And uh, he wound up giving his plane ticket to Kingston to come fill in for him. And then we got Kingston and Necro Butcher uh, just unadvertised. It was awesome. Uh, wow. 
KD, in a pre-9-11 got... world where there was much more freedom of movement possible within airports and with plane tickets. That's right. So we got a uh, question from a listener for you, Kevin, uh, from our buddy Dwayne Carter. He says, what was the best moment that made Kevin go OMG? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, you could go back. Uh, I could think of two just in the very uh, recent past that absolutely blew my mind. Um, one was, I don't know if you guys saw Alex Cologne versus John Wayne Murdoch I did. the other day for, yep. for GCW on Fight TV. But when Alex got that uh, that two by four with the gusset plates on the end and oh, just yeah. swung it like he was fucking Babe Ruth and you could just hear this meat. I was, ac- you know, I'm across the room and I have a headset on um, that, you know, with Dave talking, I'm, you know, talking to, you know, we could hear each other loud through our headsets. And I could still hear this, and I could still hear it now. That sound of yeah, that yeah. fucking insane device hitting Johnny Murdoch repeatedly, like just sick, like sickeningly. It was insane. Yeah, so yeah. that, um, and also very recently when Atticus Kogar put uh, Jordan Oliver's face into this pyro oh, thing that yeah. we have in uh, when we're in uh, Chicago, I want to say, yeah, um, was... yeah, in Chicago. Uh, oh my god, dude! You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Kogar, and it's not. You know, it's one thing everyone sees. You know, you could put your finger through a uh, a flame for a second, or you could, you know, walk through sparks or whatever. This yeah. was an, a very extended <laughs> blast. Yeah, that, that you know what like I mean? It, it, looks, it was hor- also horrifying. Yeah, Kogar's <laughs> so guy we talk two. about a lot on this show. We're expecting big things out of him coming up. Uh, Oh man, what a blue chipper! Yeah, um, top top tier, and and that's something to say when you're amongst guys like Nick Wayne and Tony Deppen and yeah. all these great performers. You know what I mean? They're yeah. all kind of emerging onto their own pillars, if you will, of oh, just yeah. this yeah. this greatness. Did you guys? I don't know if you saw right as we were connecting uh, to do this show. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling just announced Ali Catch. Will be taking on Ruby Soho at the Hammerstein Ballroom in the oh, first time ever matchup. I was hoping you were going to say at Hoffman Estates because <laughs> because oh I, man because Nars and I are going to be up in Chicago for that show Saturday and uh, oh fuck yeah and uh, yeah but that's going to be a hell of a match Ali and, and Ruby man two of the greats and what oh god I can't I'm so excited for that that's like a dream match for me I'm a huge fan of both I got to work with. Uh, Ruby Soho, as she, you know, in her previous incarnation on the Independence, yeah. and I, I've run into her a few times over the years. Always so nice, always so cool. Just like not affected to me, you know what I'm saying? Some people yeah. get affected by uh, no. success, but she hasn't, and I love that she's doing it all now, like more on her own terms, yeah. and that she has the Ruby Soho gimmick endorsed by Lars Fredrickson yeah. and everyone from Rancid it, and all that. And, oh God, so it's natural so fucking to do cool. That. It's something that could never really happen somewhere else. I don't think it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I just hope they, uh, I want to ultimately see Rancid play her out to the ring, you know? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, it, hopefully like Tony Khan's got the, the, the money to do that at some point. Like, well, I don't even big... think it's a money issue because, you know, well, Lars yeah, is Lars. friends with Ruby. He's friends with Punk. So they got yeah, the connections to get them in there for a discount. Probably. I, I did have a, I, I've always had a, an, I've never got to ask anybody within a company kind of like yours. Like there, like you said, it's not all like hardcore deathmatch stuff, but you do have, you do have a lot of that and you do have rising stars in it, but you're an up and coming company. So as that, like 
is is that line of like those guys pushing the envelope even though it's it's drawing fans is it like there is there like a scary point to that for you where you're like i we could lose this guy for an extended period of time and like I lose mean, all well, this momentum and just as you as a person that knows and loves these people like does it ever get to the point where you're like uh oh, guys <laughs> maybe we should dial sure. it back a skosh well <laughs> Like, the thing is, like, as far as people getting hurt, like, seriously injured during death matches, um, I've seen way more people just get seriously hurt doing regular matches. You know what I mean? As we've all seen, like, you can just take a funny step or, yeah. you know, pivot wrong and, and you're you're out for a year or more. Um, I've only seen a very few. Uh, in fact, off the top of my head, I feel like one properly serious injury from from a death match of all the all the ones i've called for game changer wrestling and that that of course was g raver and the the incident oh, yeah. that occurred in chicago where you know when he was out for a very long time and yeah uh did a lot of serious damage uh to his arm and his tendons and nerves and all that but um so in that regard it, it's more I, I i worry more about crazy bumps in my own personal you know outlook as just kevin the person like the bumps sometimes i can't believe um the hardcore stuff uh uh, i I mentioned this on commentary the other day and i think some people were surprised but you know me and dave prazak have a like a really nice monitor and we're sitting there watching what you guys are watching which is the ultimate way to call uh wrestling because we could really paint that picture like the picture you know what i mean there's one picture it's not what we see over the monitor it's what we see yeah. on the monitor when you can see what and we're sometimes seeing. yeah like during cologne and murdoch you know sometimes you kind of squint you'll squint your eyes a little bit or you kind of start to try to move your head slightly because it's hard uh, yeah i mean some of that shit is horrifying however it's all just like a horror movie is is horrifying and it's all as part of a of a diverse entertainment experience so to me, uh, especially as GCW representing the last outlaws of professional wrestling and a company that does it kind of DIY on their own terms, even though they're doing really big things, I think it's just part of what the audience wants and it's part of what the audience is going to get. I don't think it's it's hurt us at all. Um, and now, you know, you have things like Paps Blue Ribbon has come on to help sponsor events for uh throughout 2022 anytime you get the with, king of uh, cheap orange crush magazine not the soda um <laughs> <laughs> things like that i think to show our longevity and our viability as a partner like we're not here to uh ruin the building or you know what i'm saying like yeah. we're only here to do good business and and move things forward yeah. that's my my uh, view of it you know what i mean brett lauderdale is the the mastermind of all that stuff yeah now, on uh, my first time seeing GCW in person was in September. Uh, Narge, my co-host, and I and his son went up for the uh, the War Game show up at Hoffman. Oh State. man, you picked a good one. Yeah, but that was my first time really experiencing that fan atmosphere in person. What like when you're sitting there doing commentary? Is it hard to not just sit back and just take that in during during the show? Like I, I try to absorb it all because it gives you so much, so much energy and it's so loud and, and vibrant, but it, it's hard to explain. Like it doesn't make me want to sit back necessarily, but I love it. I want to just soak, soak in it. You know what I mean? I, I can't go to sleep for hours and hours and hours after a GCW show. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm so, 
I'm getting wired up right now talking about it. You know what I mean? Like it just makes the adrenaline <laughs> yeah. flow. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, when we were there, it was, I had we had to go to the uh, to the aisle when uh, Nick Gage was coming out just to experience that, and yes. we almost. I'm a good size guy. I'm about 250 pounds, and Narge is right around there. 280, 270. Yeah, and we were getting tossed That's around. Over like, 500 pounds of flavor. Got, right. I assume got moved. We got moved tossed around like velocity. a beach ball. <laughs> and his <laughs> nine-year-old son almost got airlifted out of the out of the thong. He was he was right in there, and he was getting jostled around a little bit. But yeah, Dude, that show was one of I think one of the uh, we did a, a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But me and Brett recorded the official Game Changer Wrestling podcast uh, last night, which I haven't put out yet, uh, but it's available on our Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash Game Changer Wrestling. Nice. But uh, they asked Brett what his favorite event of the year was, and that was his answer right there, War Games. That, yeah. that thing was very special. And logistically, I don't know how many people understand just the logistics of running wrestling events in the rings and all the other shit that comes with it and having them in all the right places is is a lot of logistics yeah doubling that up with ring a second ring a cage a cage is one of the biggest pains in the ass in wrestling yeah and then you have two cages you know what i mean so from a production standpoint and a logistics standpoint and a fan support standpoint because you were there you felt that room oh and the vibes the it felt like was... i was at like um like at a jim crockett promotions uh jimmy valiant's boogie jam you know what i mean yeah. it was fucking gage wild. got that dusty treatment when he came out the fan is the building was shaking when he came out for his entrance because which if you would have told me 10 years ago nick gage would be the most over baby face in wrestling i would have thought you were nuts but the- right and he's got a gang now <laughs> he's got a know? gang yeah we're all in the gang but uh i'm a i'm a second gear crew guy myself I'm a, we're big mance warner fans here and uh obviously matthew justice you know he does stuff with fonzie in uh, aiw also but sure and then there's guys like effie who uh, our producer Marco, that's his favorite wrestler right now. Effie's and the best, and Effie is fine. Effie is fine, and he's also one. We there's a whole. We could, if we could get your whole roster to be on this show at one point or another, it, it'd be awesome. But, but Effie, Effie is well, the yeah, most when you think about it, it's, it's like the seen. who's who of wrestling. Like, think, imagine just running down the list. Oh well, who would you get? Oh, Effie, Ali Catch, Tony Deppin, Joey Janela, uh, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice. Uh, AJ Gray, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, we did Jordan start with Oliver. Alex Cologne. Yeah, we had cool. Yeah, we had Alex on. We had Alex on about oh, a month that's ago. That's right. But uh, but yeah, you guys got so many guys, and everybody has their own distinct personalities to them, and they just seem like they love talking about wrestling, which is it goes a long way with with us here. But uh, we haven't discussed the elephant in the room, Kevin, and that's uh, Hammerstein Ballroom. The end of the oh, month. Man. You keep saying elephant in the room and I just keep asking why you call me fat. <laughs> hey, I'm fatter than you. <laughs> He's only two fifty. Yeah. But uh yeah, so it's on the twenty third, is it, of January? I'm trying to remember the date off the top of my head because I don't have it right in front of me. It is, yeah, January twenty third. But when you found out that G C W was coming to the Hammerstein, what what goes through your mind when when that news hits? Well, uh, this, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I'd prefer to be surprised by, um, you know, especially anything in the body of the show. Uh, sometimes there's things happen or I have to know for some reason, but anytime I can not know, I like it better because I like to just be my real reaction. Yeah. And 
uh, in this case, I knew what Brett was planning, uh, you know, in advance. Like he told me about it and then, you know, he went to see it and met with the people. So I knew all the different steps that were happening as it went. But so basically, so to basically my reaction was basically when he first told me, as opposed to when it was announced, because as history has proven, uh, there's literally nothing that Brett's ever said to me, no matter how insane it might seem at just the first listen that uh, that he hasn't gone on to do in short order. So as soon as he said it, I'm just like, holy fuck. And all right, then. So we're doing Hammerstein. That's fucking crazy. I was just like, I hope we sell it out. Yeah. And yeah, I had no no doubt because he's that um, that's his. um mantra that's his way of doing business that's his modus operandi um whatever you want to call it once he kind of sets his mind to it and kind of has the vision for it he then follows through a million percent and uh, not everyone can say that so as soon as he it seemed crazy you know what i mean because it's like oh like you know it's all you know it's not a cheap venue to run and there's all these added fees and what about this and what if there's an alternative or whatever but in a way there is no alternative because from a historical perspective for, for so many reasons, like uh, to come through the COVID era, uh, GCW blazed the trail and created a blueprint for other companies, be it television entities or other independent entities to be able to resume events and kind of follow the GCW uh, footprint or, or floor plan to uh, how to safely do it to come through all that, to continue to build and grow and everything, it, it feels like such a, a culmination of the efforts and with such an uncertain future, seemingly, you know what I mean? Like there's always now some new thing going on with, with diseases or viruses or whatever. So in a sense, you can't wait for tomorrow. Like sure, maybe you could do it next year. Maybe you could do it in six more months. Maybe it's not the right time, but it is the right time. And this, this is the place, this is the time, this is the moment. And it's, as you guys know, it's absolutely unprecedented in the, in the history of both New York City and professional wrestling um, to have an independent wrestling event at that building. It's never been done. Well, ECW, but ECW was also, uh, you know, uh, to a small degree right. subsidized by WWE. But right. or, or if you say it another way, uh, outside of ECW, no independent entity has ever sold out that room. And if you add ECW back into the discussion, uh, not ECW, not New Japan, not Ring of Honor, not WWE have ever sold as many tickets for a single night of wrestling in the Hammerstein Ballroom as GCW has uh, through the seating configuration and adjustments. And obviously, we're not building an extra stage or, you know, we don't have to right. block out extra seats for this or that. We keep it gritty and raw, and it's going to be insane just knowing that there's more people in there than have ever been in there for any wrestling event ever. Yeah. Uh, so hats off to Brett Lauderdale, man. Oh, yeah, He's absolutely. fucking done it this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the matches that you guys have announced. Uh, obviously, you got Homicide announced for a world title shot with Moxley. Is uh, Has anybody had any communication with Mox since uh, he went away for his uh, his hiatus? Well, I know that uh, Homicide definitely won the Rumble yes, and is indeed the number one contender, but uh, I don't think I have any comment on John Moxley at this time. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But uh, so you got that. You got Gresham with Blake Christian for the Ring of Honor Championship was announced. I Man, 
yeah, Blake Christian has been on such a roll. Like he was on a rapid ascent, uh, doing his thing. Uh, he got you know signed to a, a television wrestling company, and uh, and then in short, relatively short order, then he wasn't uh, under contract right. to a televised wrestling company any longer. Right, and he was great before. He had the benefit of several months of additional, whatever you want to call it, training, coaching. Coach, yeah. Coaching is the right word. He had several months of coaching from some of the best coaches in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Access to, you know, training facilities and everything else, you know, however many hours a day. And he's come back. He was great before, and he's just insanely talented now. And seeing him and Zane against the Briscoes the other day, going viral on SportsCenter and all that, um, everything he's doing is just to that next level of, of insanity. Uh, and to put him in there with Gresham, I think it's going to just be a, a master class in pro wrestling. Two different, I mean, uh, jo- um, sorry, <laughs> Jordan, all hard Blake Christian can certainly get down and dirty on the map, but let's be honest, Gresham is a master of that. Yeah. And by having it under pure rules, it's kind of really a challenge for Christian to, to really show and prove. So I, I can't wait to see that one unfold. I know Ian Riccoboni will be on the poll. Maybe right. I will be too, but maybe uh, someone else will be. But either way, you can rest assured I'm not going to be in the bathroom. I'm not going to be <laughs> oh, checking right. out the nacho stand. Uh, whether I'm on the poll or not, I'm going to be seated right at the desk anyway, watching very closely, hopefully think, with headphones on. Yeah, I don't think there's a smoother wrestler in the country right now than Gresham. Just everything he does is just so so effortless, it seems like. And he's just such a natural, especially with the submission stuff. So that's going to be a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, he's incredibly gifted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Daniel Garcia, I think, is is super gifted too. I oh, mean, yeah. different conversation. But uh, Garcia, even uh, Moriarty, you know what I mean? I think yeah. that's what's cool is I like that uh, Gresham, yeah, like you said, though, Gresham arguably is the the industry leader. But I think maybe Garcia might be and, you know, kind of on his, on his, uh, on his heels. But we'll oh, see. Yeah. Hopefully their paths will cross. I don't think they've ever tangled. To my knowledge, uh, not that I've heard. Uh, I've been impressed lately. Uh, Christian teaming up with Alex Zane on a couple of shows the last couple of weeks. Uh, the match I had with the yeah. Briscoes was just great. Yeah, they make great uh, partners. They make great opponents. They're just two two super greats, man. I, yeah. I can't put both of those guys over enough. And uh, Zane uh, is so colorful, also colorful and charismatic. And, yeah. Uh, just everything he does a really nice really personable guy like a guy you want to personally root for you know what i mean anybody and he's so innovative it's crazy that wwe would let guys like that go who have so much to offer who would you know what i mean yeah think of the merchandise zane could be selling but yeah he'll just sells his own stuff at the merch table instead and makes all the money but yeah you know what i'm trying to say like it's crazy to think of how talented he is gcw sees it new japan sees it Ring of Honor sees it, Impact sees it. Right. I'm pro- I'm probably leaving someone out, uh, but I'm, I'm guessing WWE New Japan probably sees see it. it. Yeah, well, Sorry, more specifically, Vince doesn't see it, which is really all right. Good point. Good point. But uh, with uh, anybody that uses Taco Bell in their character is aces in my book. So Kevin, amen, we... and thanks to him, uh, you know there was a dark period uh, similar to the you know like ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. Uh, television wrestling industry there was a dark time where taco bell uh removed the very popular potatoes from their menu in any capacity ruining the spicy potato taco obviously obviously and many other things and uh i sent a few tweets to alex zane and cc taco bell and and they sorted it right out it might be a sponsor (laughs) not for us they won't (laughs) 
So, hey, Kevin, uh, we have now been joined in the studio by our regular co-host, uh, Mike Nargelinas. I guess uh, business is good? Yeah, business what is up, really though, good. What up, Mike? Kevin, good to hear you. I was listening on the way over here. I, I caught it right when we were talking about Nick Gage spinning my son around. I was hoping he was going to nice. body drop him, but it didn't happen. So <laughs> Maybe dudes. next time. Maybe get a monkey flip. He's nine. His wallpaper on his phone was a picture of him and Nick Gage busted open. On the <laughs> uh, just Nick Gage busted wow. open. Not, yeah, just Nick Gage. Not, yeah, I was uh, going to say, how does your son get bloodied? <laughs> you know what? For, for Halloween next year, what we ought to do is get all the boys to look like GCW guys with blood everywhere oh, and yeah. freak out all the parents. <laughs> Hang That'll on a minute now. Great. Hey, uh, Kevin, do you drink? Sure. I'm what do you drink? Paps right now. A Paps? He's drinking a PBR. All right. Do you use shots? Sure. What do you shoot? I uh, I try, tend to stick with clear liquors, but uh, I've currently been sipping on some uh, Japanese whiskey. Oh. So uh, whiskey could work or uh, or uh, orange-infused vodka. Ah, okay. Well, right now, in celebration of Narge making it to the show tonight, because it was uh, in doubt he had some stuff going on he needed to deal with, so... We're drinking some Terramana. It's a little bit of oh, Rock's okay. tequila. Juicy Finale turned me on to that. Juicy Finale used to carry a big bottle of it around in his pocket. <laughs> Cheers, Narge. Uh, Cheers. No joke. Cheers. Cheers. That is just worth it. We told Kevin we were going to be there Saturday. Yep, he knows. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. Hey, Kevin, how uh, how accessible are you? So when the guys get up there, might be able to reach out and you know touch someone type of thing and say howdy in person. Oh, it, it's real easy. Like, uh, generally, like the last few minutes right before the show starts are hectic, but generally any other time is fine. Like after the show, I'll, I tend to hang around a bit. Uh, and then if you're there early, I'm there early. And a lot of times I'm helping people get seated and stuff or in some, it just depends. Some venues, uh, Chicago, oh, yeah, Chicago, it depends. Uh, there's some markets I t- do to staffing. Like I tend to be more involved with the door and seating and stuff. Right. But I think Chicago is usually one of those markets that I'm I'm not. Well, no, so Chicago meaning. has the uh, they mandate uh, vaccine or test also for people to enter events like this. Now that started January one in Chicago. Do you guys have? Do they make you guys deal with that, or does the venue deal with that? Um. Well, I guess it's a venue thing. But then I, when I saw that, that's for Chicago. But we're in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, so I don't know if that it may uh, may I'm or not, may not be covered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the safe side, I'm probably going to bring everything just to be on. Yeah, yeah. I carry, I've got a like, picture of all the, my stuff. I have the gimmick yeah. in my phone, you know yeah. what I mean? And to me, <laughs> if, to anytime I'm around a group, even though I'm vaccinated and boosted, wearing yeah. a mask is a fucking great idea. Like, it's worked in Japan for decades for right. a reason. Right. It, that's, you know what I, mean? I lived in Korea, and they all wore masks everywhere they went. Of course, they were trying to fight smog, not disease, but that boils down the yeah. same thing. <laughs> So well, if you see two, yeah. if you see real two big burly guys looking like security for this really, really not small, but you know, t- nine, ten year old kid that's not real big, but he looks more intense than they do. That would be these guys. I'll, I'll make it real easy. If you see two big guys with beards and black T-shirts, that's us. <laughs> oh yeah, show? Okay. you never see those at wrestling <laughs> matches ever. That's like at a rock concert. If you ever see a guy in a black T-shirt, he's me, right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, one thing I'll say too is that yeah, I'm always around. Uh, before the show too and generally i'm always uh, available and approachable to say what's up take a picture any of that stuff i guess the only is if you see me running or doing like a hobbled version of running (laughs) then probably just leave me alone but any other time and i you know what i'm saying i'm only running when i'm it's like oh my god i have to go find that reminds me of the uh the t-shirt that says i'm a bomb technician if you see me running try to keep up (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
but yeah, I always love meeting everybody and shit. And it's cool. Again, just like the energy and the vibes. And there's so many people, uh, if, you know, if they're from the hometown, they want to tell you the, the, the best parts of the hometown. Right. If they're the people that come from out of town, you know right. what I'm saying? They want to know where everyone's going later or whatever. It's just a well, fun. Make, make sure you get some Chicago style pizza while you're up there. Cause you can't get it the right way unless you're in Champaign or Chicago. That's true. Hey, uh, I just saw somebody posting this GCW wrestling group. Uh, does anyone here have a single ticket for sale for the GCW at the Hammerstein? Is it sold out? Oh, it's sold out in yeah. what twenty oh, yeah. minutes? Something okay, like that. So it's totally quick. sold. Out. Is there any holdback? Uh, no. It, there's no production hold or anything. Like it's sold out in like thirty six hours or something. Oh. But I, uh, from running the GCW Patreon, I know that someone hit me up today saying they have a single seat that they want to sell okay. at face value. Well, there's this so, GCW Wrestling Facebook page. Uh, I'll try. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, in, but if you guys want to send the the thing to him, he can find some guy named Joey Kilmartin. Maybe you can make a connection for this person because they seem pretty stoked about going. Yeah, and they're looking for one. They just want one ticket. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally, someone hit me up today because they have one. I'm, okay. Uh, I'm guessing. So yeah, if you could screenshot it or something and send it to me, maybe I could uh, uh, facilitate that. And for anyone else that's looking for a ticket to the sold out event. Of course, they're selling them on StubHub and stuff like that. But there are plenty of people in the community that uh, whether something has come up with work or whatever it might be, or one of the people in their group or two of the people in the group can't go. Um, I've definitely been retweeting uh, several people that are uh, on the hunt for or looking to trade off or sell their tickets at face value to another fan. So uh, definitely look on Twitter, too, if you're if you're in the market. That is awesome. Is there merch with you on it yet? I mean, you know, these. Sure. I'm uh, Marco here. I'm not the big wrestling guy. I just do the sound stuff mostly. But you know, these guys are big on a couple of the announcers for the WWE and the you know, especially WWE, right? The cowboy hat. Jr. Jr. AEW. That no, that's he's AEW now. Yeah. Jim was, Ross. Yeah, he was WWE for years, but he's AEW now. Okay, I remember. Decades. Okay, so anyways, but that guy's got merch. I mean, he's got a name. Yeah. Are Are you in the position yet where you're starting to become part of the merch package, or are you still? Where, where are you at with that? Yeah, like my, my, I don't have merch available through GCW, but I have I have had uh, independently, you know, produced shirts and other kinds of merch that I'll do runs of in the past. And I'm so glad you mentioned it because the legendary I could announce here exclusively for the first time, legendary uh, Japanese artist Say Ozawa, who's done shirts for God, you know, Danny Havoc and. Madman Pondo and uh, GCW and just he's an incredible, incredible artist has done an amazingly designed uh, piece for me. That's going to be a shirt, a sticker and a, a limited edition signed print. And it'll be the first time ever that uh, the Honorable Mr. Ozawa will ever be signing his work. So it's going to wow. be a double signed print as well. And uh, I'm going to have some of these shirts at Hammerstein. Do you, uh, do you will, have it, a, uh, will it say fuck on it? Yeah, it's got to say fuck on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I have. Had holy fuck. fuck. Oh, well, my shirt on pro wrestling tees. Uh, it's not. It's not in that, though. Yeah, you're right. I need a more conventional <laughs> fuck shirt. A conventional uh, fuck shirt. Gonna I'm going to use oh. that on the next girl I'm with. This is my conventional fuck shirt. My three year old walked out. <laughs> you don't when do we were watching fucks, do you? My three-year-old walked out when we were watching GCW a couple weeks back, and he's like, Daddy, that guy said a bad word. And I said, yes, he did. <laughs> uh, Mark, Mark, that's Mark, what happens when your face goes too. into glass. I can't that's do right. conventional ones. Look at me. That's I what have I li- to find the odd ones. That's what I like about you, Kevin. And I told my, my nine-year-old that when he listened, he's like, Dad, he comments like he commentates like you would do. Uh-huh. Like, you know, 
you bring some reality to it, which I appreciate. I think, you know, I talked to these guys. Joey Styles used to do the same thing. He, he left a lot of Amen, cursing brother. out. But Joey was there. But he wasn't doing the extreme stuff that you're doing. I mean, you watch, I mean, well, Alex and John Wayne Murdoch. I mean, oh how do you God. not say fuck 20 times? I, you know, <laughs> at the end there, my son was like, Dad, is he really hurt when he hit him with the gusset plates to right. the arm? And I'm like, and yeah, I was like, yeah. And he's like, dad, I, th- I think they really hate each other. <laughs> I was well, like, I just, we were talking about it earlier. The sound of it, the sound of the w- the way Cologne swung that thing and the way it yeah. hit him and the Crack. sound of the connection. And there was like this red mist in the air. It's crazy. I've never seen that. Uh, no, uh, I, I told Mark I got on and I read a lot of the Twitter and the comments and a lot of people had negative things to say about that match. But I thought it was done perfect. You know, I don't know if Alex is towing the line between babyface and heel at this point, but he 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 loves GCW, and that's that was his ultimate goal was to say, "Hey, I'm I'm running the show here, and Murdoch's not." Yeah, I'm the top. I'm the top guy in the in this game. You know what I mean? In the deathmatch game, he's the king. He has the hold of the gold, has the belt to prove it. And what's crazy? I think. No, I'm sorry. We had him on, and he was so soft spoken. And then he was a good interview, though. He was he was and really he, a good interview. He is a crazy man. He, <laughs> well, it's like it's like oh, he keeps man. it he keeps it all sedate at home when he's got the the TV with the baby crying in the background or whoever was that him? No, <laughs> yes. yeah, that wasn't him. No, no that was no. somebody else. But no, he was, had the Zoom problems. We had problems yeah. with the Zoom connection, but uh, yeah, he was very mild mannered sounding, and he just very, very. But it's but, like maybe he's just bottling it up so on Saturdays yeah. he can rip somebody. What apart. I liked was he talked about his uh, his nine to five. He was like. You know, I do this on the weekend, then I got to go to my nine to five. And I was right. like, Can you imagine showing up to work on Monday with All you cut up. <laughs> oh, look, you had another match this weekend. Yeah. How could you tell? Or, yeah, like someone comes over and just touches your arm to tell you something. And then, like, meanwhile, if you could see under your shirt, like your arm is just like a shredded pork sandwich. Well, that's what a lot of people don't understand. It, whether it's death matches or even UFC, they see the action right then and there. They don't think about the next morning. Yeah, there's. An I do that effect. when I watch UFC. I mean, I know when I've got a bruise or I've done something. Can you imagine waking up the next morning and being Nate Diaz or Nick Gage or Alex Cologne? Like when I sit shit. in my re- when I sit Cardone in my recliner on a Saturday match. night yeah. and I watch TV and I go to bed and I get up the next morning, I can barely walk. Okay, so yeah, I know all about <laughs> feeling like ass getting out of bed, and that's not without doing any of this stuff you guys do. So right, uh, no no bumps taken, no bruises, no contusions, no. Uh, 12 to 6 elbow strikes. Yeah. No glass. My biggest, Ryder is still pulling glass out of his bitch ass. My biggest battle every night is a six-pound chihuahua <laughs> who takes up 98% of my queen-size bed. <laughs> She's the boss. I've got to ask you this. I'm, Mark has a question. but So we're coming Saturday, and I told him this earlier, and I don't know if you feel this way. The show Saturday in Chicago feels like I don't – a lot of outside talent coming in. Is there a reason for that? It doesn't feel like there's as much homegrown GCW talent Saturday. And I don't mean that in any disrespect, but we got Ricky, Scorpio, Cardona. PCO. Uh, yeah, PCO. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of outside guys, which I like. I think GCW is the new age GCW better. Um, is there a reason for that? Or are we saving some of the guys for Hammerstein? Is that, you know what I mean? Is there a reason? Oh, I think sometimes it's just like the the luck of the draw, really. It's how just how everything plays out and everyone, you know, it's hard with all the moving parts, like everyone who's available on what day and what day every venue is available. And then what are the matches 
uh, in mind. Uh, you know, the speedball Mike Bailey, uh, you know, he's coming to Chicago, but not Detroit. My son, uh, that's going to be incredible. I don't know. If you, I, I've never gotten to see Mike Bailey wrestle in person before because of all the stuff with uh, immigration that's gone. You know what I mean? But with that all uh, said, the fact that he's going to be there to me is fucking awesome. And uh, I'm just trying to scroll through for the we card. We watched just him and Impact last week. And my nine-year-old, his name's Kyler. You'll meet him. Saturday, he said, oh, dad, I've been wanting to see Mike Bailey. Been wanting to see him since when, Kyler? Saturday? <laughs> so, but whatever. I mean, the fact that he had such an impact Saturday the on a kid, you know, he's so excited. I know I told him I'm the match I'm looking most forward to is Cardona and Ricky Morton. Yeah. Oh, I man. Plan, I plan on wearing my Joey Janela t-shirt, so I sure as fuck hope he shows up. <laughs> I love well, here, the, let's, the let's angle run. he's doing right now, the the old flair uh savage deal with yeah. uh chelsea <laughs> chelsea yeah yeah those pictures yeah i just hot. can't believe that i mean chelsea just married cardona like a week ago and yeah. she's already stepping out with joey hey, can you he's a bad boy can you blame her yeah chicks love the bad now, boys. i'm looking at the chicago lineup though i gotta say so we got speedball mike bailey versus tony deppin awesome the return that's, of jeff jarrett that's that's great alley catch versus kylie ray motherfucking aj gray versus pco that's you know nuts OG GCW, uh, Cardona versus Morton, the tag team champions, the Briscoes versus the Rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and uh, his partner, Gresham and Scorpio, Bandito and Blake, and more. Who knows what the end more is? But that lineup is fucking insane to me, dude. I hope the end more. No, it is. It's mind blowing. We, Mark and I, share every day. I'll be like, Mark, look, Mark, look. Yeah. The only thing I hope for, and it's probably not going to happen. I haven't seen him in months. As I hope to see Nick Gage. I don't know where he's been. He's missing in action. But I hope Nick – he's got to show up before Hammerstein. Us, Nick's got to show up. It's coming. Do you have anything for us on that, Kevin? <laughs> I have I have no no comment and or no knowledge to share <laughs> on that situation. I uh, I feel the same way. Uh, Nick Gage is the king, uh, the god of this shit. A yes. guy, Wasn't that who you played as Halloween? I, mean, I was. He was going to. Yeah. No, you did. No, no I was. he was. I was Nick, Nick Gage. Gage yeah, for Halloween. Nick you Gage were a portly Halloween. Nick yes. Gage. I was a portly Nick Gage. But, he was uh, Nick Gage on Cheeseburger Rake. Yeah. yeah. So, Kevin, <laughs> uh, we mentioned we mentioned his name a couple times. You've been pretty good about it, but you mentioned I I keep an eye on uh, when we're retweeted. Matt Cardona. <laughs> you said you might <laughs> be have some things to say about Matt Cardona, so I'm going to give you the floor. Ooh. So just uh, let it out. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, I had to reach out to John Cena for help uh, yesterday. He was looking to be the arbiter of peace on the Internet to promote some new uh, property he's working with. And I used the hashtag and just simply said, hey, you know, there's this this orange guy who's harassing me at work. And, uh, you know, he's always flaunting his wealth around, but uh, he's also like an extreme doll collector. So he's not really much of a catch. And then the whole situation is complicated because uh, a good friend of mine is now involved with uh, Matt's wife. So (laughs) I think Matt Cardona finds himself in a very tough situation. Like he had, uh, he had this big empire in the, the the streaming game and uh, doing his uh, toy and doll based uh, content creation, which is is wildly popular. Um, He came in, he shocked the world. Uh, trended number one in the world and defeated the King Nick Gage in a fucking violent, bloody, insane death match that That's caused a, a near now. riot at the showboat. <laughs> he had all that um, happening for himself. And then I feel like Effie just kind of mind fucked Cardona to such a place that now 
He does. He's like a pinball bouncing around. It was around, just. Like a it was just goofy, as mine. You know what I mean? Straight, he's straight out of catering and not into the frying pan, but directly straight into the out fire. Of catering. There you go. <laughs> There's a rap album for you. All right, I got some. Then uh, you have. Then you oh. have uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, and Joey. And I mean, we've all seen the pictures. I right. mean, it, it doesn't take you a rocket scientist to put all that together. So, then you, what are you left with? You're left with this orange man with a, a jet black charcoal black beard and like millions of toys and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, but no happiness in his heart, no joy in his soul. You know, he's yeah. he, Joey Janela cucked, a, cucked him, you know what I mean? And Effie <laughs> mind fucked him. And then he has me, you know, taking over Wrestling Observer Live right. and going on like 250 broadcast stations and uh, the Armed Forces Network for the troops overseas and just airing them out. Um, he's too full of himself, and I think he just needs to keep that in check, respect the business, and at the end of the day, Ricky Morton, who Ricky Morton has wasted so little time on dolls, there is no Ricky Morton doll that you can buy, because Ricky no? Morton <laughs> is a motherfucking professional wrestler, and Ricky Morton is going to teach Matt Cardona a thing or two about wrestling, and there ain't going to be no catering set up either. No catering for Matt Cardona. He I can was, order his own pizza. I was at the Collective in Indianapolis, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure was that the show where Joey and Ricky went back and forth? The collect. I was there. I don't remember. I yeah. think I missed it though. And that's the one where Ricky took the fucking pile driver on the the hardest part of the ring. Um, he Ricky Morton is incredible. My wife the other day I sent her a picture and she's like, "Who's that dude with the mullet?" And I was like, "That is a are you mullet. fucking kidding me, Rachel?" It's the it, ultimate mullet. It is. It's not even a mullet. It's a Morton. And I explained to her who she was, or. I explained to her who he was, and she's like, isn't he an old man? I said, that old man kicked everybody's ass. Are you kidding me, Rachel? He's Memphis old, (laughs) so Memphis guys. (laughs) And the deceptively large Ricky Morton. Like, Ricky Morton was an undersized baby face in a time when the heels were a lot of giant people. Ricky Morton is not a a small person. No, yeah, he is. We met him. Where did we meet him? Days of the Dead Dead, uh, convention, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He claims to be what a, a guy, world man. champion. One of my favorite GCW memories is we all went out to eat in uh, Laramie, Wyoming, when we went there. And uh, did you have you know, steak? You just all walk into the restaurant and you sit down. You know, in the order you're all walking in. And I got luck of the draw to sit next to Ricky Morton and uh, just to chop it up with him. And I'm normally the most aggravated person in the party when the food is late or whatever. You know, Me too. from the so way like, like oh god, where's the food? <laughs> we. Even though we set it up in advance, they were so underprepared for us to be there that sounds like a birthday like, party this last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It took like two hours for the food to come out, and meanwhile, I was not that happy that people had to wait for their food, but meaning I couldn't care less that there was no food because I could just sit there and listen to Ricky Morton tell us stories without even having to stop to put a fork in his mouth. You know what I mean? I mean, I no one was distracted by food. I can't, it was just I can't imagine what Ricky, you know. The, the Wyoming show, that's the one where Sabu wrestled Matthew Justice, right? Outside. No, Sa- no that, was in, um, that was in uh, Silverado, California. Who was in Wyoming? What would Ponzi think? Laramie, Wyoming was uh, Mance Warner versus Nick Gage in the main event. That's right. And uh, Jimmy Lloyd rode a donkey into or um, it was a donkey, I believe. A you, said, you said there was Mance- a donkey show? You said no. He said Mance Warner, Nick Gage, and I went six to midnight real quick. I'm sorry, I got to take a break. So, uh, Kevin, 
we got a couple more questions for you. Then we'll hang let on, you go. Hang on, Matt. One second. Hang Kevin, on. you got just a minute. I think Gary has to roll. That's what yeah, I'm getting. Yeah, he's my, I'm, I'm his ride. So, oh, you're his so ride. So he's here until we're done. Oh, but, I'm sorry. So we're gonna, my we're gonna, apologies then. We're going to get a couple more questions yeah, and we're going to let I you have, go. I have a big question. Okay. Because you're the, you're the yeah. commentator. So I've watched literally one show of this, and it was, uh, was it the, from the Greek in L.A. or something yeah. like that? And I was Higher, I, Highest in the room. What was it? Highest in the room. Highest in the room. And I was. No. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> but but uh, so something I noted, and this is from where I view things, the, uh, the, the the production was not as big scale, and I understand why it's not as big scale a show, but what is the plan for GCW to, you know, number, number one, gain that? Because, like, you sold out the Hammerstein, which is freaking awesome, but for people like me, I only heard about GCW because of Narge and Mark. That's the only reason I heard about it. They said, hey, this is coming up. Wow, well, we rented the show from Fight TV. Are there any free-to-view options for GCW that we could start letting people know about. So maybe because we got like Dwayne who listens, a couple people listen live. We have about, I don't know, whatever subscriber base we have. They don't know GCW maybe that well. We the really are. We are really. <laughs> we really are trying to say, hey, this is great. And I'll tell you what, as a guy that doesn't like wrestling, like I've just never gotten it. I was impressed with GCW. It felt and that, like that to me is the ult- the ultimate compliment. Think think for a second, guys, for real about. What kind of a wrestling product you have to produce that can equally capture the attention of a lifelong fan and someone who doesn't care enough about wrestling to watch it? That's a very exactly. rare air. And and Kevin, that exactly. We've had WrestleMania parties here where Mark played on his phone the whole time and bitched oh, about everything he saw. I laughed at most of but it. But we yeah, watched. He's, yeah, he's not a pleasant we watch, watcher. No, he's not. But we watched GCW. <laughs> And I, I think it was Alex Cologne and uh, G Raver and G Raver. Yeah. And the whole oh, time man. he was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, there was a lot of holy fucks. In he's fact, like, I match. He's, he's like, is that real? Fuck. Is that real? Are they really doing right. that? And I was like, you, how do you hit well, somebody tubes. with a light tube? Yeah, the that, tubes thing. Fake just it, like, Mark. The tubes <laughs> thing just really blew. My, but the whole thing was not even that. But there was one match and I don't remember exactly. But there was like one guy who was like a spider monkey all over the fucking wrestling ring. I think it was Ninja Mac. And, and yes. there was like three <laughs> other guys. And he was just like a whirlwind. Hang on one shot. Cheers. So while they're taking their shot there, uh, Kevin, I've got a Wait. question for you. Mark, Wait, let me, I want to add to his point real quick, if I can, yes. about Ninja Mac. Because sure. uh, uh, a friend of GCW is Mike Sempervivi. And you might know him. Uh, he's the co-host of the Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez. Right. But. Uh, he came to his first GCW event. He's w- been watching for a long time, but he got to attend his first one a few months ago in uh, Atlantic City. And his son is a big G- GCW fan, his son Avery. So we brought Avery, and then they brought the wife. And the wife, you know, she like many wives or uh, husbands, she has to endure her mate's wrestling. You know what I mean? Oh, my wife is the same way. So, yeah. But she came to Atlantic City because she could do other things and whatever. But then... Uh, she was like, oh, this show seems kind of interesting. Let me check it out. She goes inside. The first person out of the curtain, the first match is Ninja Mac. Her mind is blown by this guy. She's seen all every type of wrestling, New Japan, whatever. None of it impresses her. But Ninja Mac blew her mind. So uh, Mike figured she'd leave it uh, after a while. She stayed the whole show. And when Mike like lost her later in the evening, he looks over and he captures the moment with his eye of her posing for a picture with Ninja Mac at his merch table while wearing a Ninja Mac shirt. And then she bought a ticket and came back the next day when we ran again. And then this time when the boys came last week, 
she came down again and had her Ninja Mac shirt on. Like she's now a fan of GCW because of Ninja Mac, and that is amazing to me. Yeah, well, like that's that's, that's he's so outside the box. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he, let me let me get back to my question, then we'll go back to yeah, and then you guys. Sorry. So the production, right? So number one, is there a way for casual or maybe you know fans oh, yeah. that are fans of the bigger stuff to see you guys? Because Fight TV, from what I can tell, everything you guys put on there, it's all pay, pay for. And to be quite honest, in this day and age when people know they can get music for free, basically, they want to see the product at the very least before they pay for it. At least one or oh, you know, sure. no, so How do we rope them in? What Do you guys have a, a marketing angle that works that way? Yeah. I mean, well, the, the one thing off the bat is, you know, we try to keep the, the shows incredibly competitively priced on fight. You know, oh, they, it's a and they are. It's like 10, plays. 15 bucks and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah, but on the flip side, what we do is we release a steady stream of content in terms of complete matches and also vignettes and cool things like that on our YouTube page okay, great, uh, for Game Changer great. Wrestling. So, so so we'll point them to uh, GCW's YouTube and say, look, guys, we talk about that because we do. On this podcast, we do talk about it because these guys, like I said, they've been to a match. I've seen it, and honestly, all the wrestling I've ever seen in my life and since, like, 85 when it was, you know, the legends, as I call them, I've never Amen, been into brother. wrestling, but this GCW thing, there's an edge. Effie with his attitude, with his flamboyance, phenomenal. The 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 speed of the matches, and I don't mean how quick they start and end. I mean the speed with which the wrestlers pace. are moving through the pace yeah. is just there's no crazy. There's no plotting. You know what I mean? There's abandoned. no stalling. Yeah. So, but I want to make sure and people every, besides me see it. Steal the show. It's you know, it's that spirit of ECW, and that everyone is there to literally tear the house down. You don't have to uh, behave as if well, everyone else has to look better than me. Like you're there to shine, and that's why I and and then the the mastermind Brett Lauderdale is putting together those matches to make that magic happen. Like who could shine from this, and who could benefit from this, and how can this make everyone excited like and that and imagine that like so much wrestling it seems like nowadays outside of gcw is designed to make the audience unhappy like by design like all the bad stuff happens and then the bad people win <laughs> but after what who wants to pay for that who that's wants vince to mcmahon with, that's what? why there's WWE enough bad sucks. feeling now, there's enough bad feelings be in nice. the world and sometimes sometimes the bad guys do win but they shouldn't win every time if they do you don't tell a good story so Kevin, and that's why I hear I am the biggest fan of GCW, but I'm also a fan of AEW. Tony Khan oh, yeah. is Tony is from where we are here in Champaign, Illinois. This is where Tony love was it. born love, and raised. And he Champagne. won't come on our fucking podcast. I'm a big fan of the whole Champaign-Urbana region. Yes, Champaign-Urbana. My, my, my father worked for Tony's father at a place here in town. Uh, and I will say this right here on the air now. Everybody gives Shad, Tony's dad, a lot of grief. My dad, on his final day, Shad brought him up to the office and thanked him for all his years of service. That's Which how cool. Perfect. And Shad's a, a billionaire. Yeah. Billionaire. Okay. The only thing he doesn't know how to do right is like run the Jaguars. So what I want to ask you, Kevin, <laughs> right now, I got a and shirt. Those comments about Tony Khan's uh, sports stuff, that has nothing to do with your boy KG. I abstain from any comments related to sports. But wait, if you don't mind, enlighten me for a minute. I'm not, I'm a fan of the Champaign-Urbana or, uh, Urbana region. Yeah. Home of I'm the not, Fighting Illini. And Allison Krause. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the Khan family relation to that area. Is there a connection to yes. them in that area? So Shad owns what is called Flexengate, and they make bumpers for Dodge and Toyota. So any Dodge or Toyota truck that ah. you've ever seen, that that's where Shad made all his money is bumpers. 
He started. Wow. He went to the U of I, started there on the production line, and worked his way up. He's the owner. I mean, he made his billions from bumpers. My dad worked wow. there for 20 the, years. I know it from, because the Saints Row video game series was created yes. and developed there. Mark, <laughs> one of my, I got to, Mark one of my Saints yeah. Row. I got Saints to work Row. on one, uh, a few of them. Mark, uh, Marco, our producer's neighbor, uh, Ishmael, Ish. worked for uh, He worked, oh, yeah. Yeah. worked for them. You know it? You know of Ish Vicenz? Yeah. Oh, shit. No, you don't. He literally yeah. used to he's live across the street, across neighbor. The street from and where now we're at and now right he's in, now. Now he's in uh, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, he's in Kentucky, and he's a video game producer, and he was the lead producer on some of the Saints Row. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we were, yeah that's we're how close I know friends. him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, literally they, uh, 15 feet across the street. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> So every Halloween, just as a side note, they did what we call the zombie display. They had like 30 zombies in their yard for Halloween. We do what we call trick or beer here, which is every kid comes through and they get some candy from like 10 different adults. There's 10 candy, like 10 houses. Every parent that comes through that's of age, of course, gets a sure. free drink. And we have beer. We have, you know, margaronas, margaritas, whatever the hell it is. We, we just we're like, here, go have fun. No, we don't give Terramana yeah, to anybody. Uh, but yeah, Ish and I are good friends. That's awesome, man. Yeah, he's great people. Uh, the whole team was incredible to work with. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm, I play myself as a DJ on Saints Row Four. I DJ. Okay, like so the, here's some fucking information that Mark didn't give us. Why would I know? <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Ish later I, and say, well, get this shit. I know another. I confess, guy I'm from, not a big uh, gamer. So. Another guy named Mike Anaya from. Oh, hang on, man. Dwayne, Dwayne wanted me to interject, and I, he's right. If we're talking about Legends of Champagne, we got, I said, Allison Krauss. And of course, Me. we had Ari Speedwagon. But we also have Roger Ebert. Oh. And Ludacris. Yeah. Uh, Ludacris was, like, dropped in a bottle here, but he he's from Atlanta now. Right. Kevin, so has there ever been a – so Champagne, again, we love Champagne. Um, we feel here. like – that. yes, we feel like this is the perfect area for a show. We are Bl- – Brother, listen, I, I pushed so hard to – Two of the guys at uh, Volition, which is where they made uh, Saints Row. Yep. Not Volition, sorry. I'm, I'm mixing up. What's the name of the developer again? Nope, it's Volition. You got it. Nailed it. It is Volition. Sorry. Um, I suddenly thought of Red Do- Oh, no, they did make that other. Anyway, I pushed so hard for us to run an independent show in Champaign, Illinois. Yes. I'm like, you two guys are on the ground. I know all the fucking wrestlers. I can get us the ring. The whatever you find this the building let's fucking do this everyone from your job will come we break even or better just on our friends coming and we could book all our friends it would be fucking amazing and then imagine we could do it twice a year or whatever and i i had like my check in hand like i have the money to put down let's go but it was always like oh like maybe in a few weeks so, so i what saw is... unlimited unlimited potential for what is gcw That's what does gcw need in general, I mean, are you looking for Ooh. somebody to buy the show? Or are you guys looking to? We just need a room that will host the show. We'll take all the gate. We'll take everything. We'll do. What, how do you guys? How do you guys normally do that? I, I think there's a, a myriad of approaches that have okay. proven to be. Uh, I'll tell you what. Offline. How, offline. Yeah, well, let me ask you this real quick. How far is Champaign from Chicago? Hundred and two and a half hours. Five miles, I think, okay. is the exact number. We're, yeah, we're we're, we're literally, literally equidistant from, from St. Louis, Indy, and Chicago. We're the epicenter. Like, we're the, we're the, we're the we're in the triangle, right in the middle of all those cities. And then uh, six hours south is Memphis. Five hours, hours south is Nashville. Four hours to Louisville. I mean, we are in a 
episode. We're in a great market because our costs, and like the cost of living here, the cost of, of being here is lower than all those big cities, but we can draw from those cities. Right. So, yeah, yeah no, that'd, that'd be, be phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, offline we'll have a discussion. We'll uh banner back and forth and uh you put us in right, you know, I, we we know some venues around here. We know some places around here. That'd be amazing. So Yeah, please. Uh, if you uh, if you, hey, bleed all over offline. champagne is what they'll call it. Brett. So right what's on. that? So Kevin, I got one more question. We're going to let you go after that cuz you know, for on a bit of a time crunch, but uh, well, I got one. I think an Arch has one too, but uh if you had, say, a, a portly podcast host who is looking to uh, get into the commentary game, do you got any advice for that handsome devil? Well, one, uh, repetition is key. So even if you don't have a place to uh, to call a match, obviously, right now, if you're just trying to get started, find some footage uh, without commentary on it or, you know, just find some footage and go over it and try and do it live like you know just kind of force yourself to go through the entire match and and just tape it play it back uh you know just find your little how to enhance what you have you know as as a starting point and once you feel like you could at least uh present or get an opportunity you know what i mean then you just kind of start hitting up your local indie and kind of the lower tier the better in terms of an opportunity like commentary is one of those things where of course because it doesn't require physicality there's often you know, a lot of people that aren't going to be a manager or a ref or any other role, there's a line of nine people who, who want to do commentary. But uh, if you just kind of explore and find, you'll ultimately find an opportunity to, if not commentate, ring announce. And once you start ring announcing, you'll suddenly, you have more eyes and ears on what's going on and you're already reliable and articulate and showing up. And that may not always be said of the commentator. You know what I mean? In which yeah. case you could suddenly, I sometimes, I haven't in a while, but a lot of times I've ring announced and done commentary for Game Changer at the same time. So it was good to have, it's good to have any experience. Like the podcast experience is great, but then if you can just try to, I would just practice to where you feel like if you, when you play it back, you feel like, yo, this is solid or let me work on these few things. And then, uh, just kind of politic and uh, network and just get yourself, even if it's one match on a show, one or two matches um, and play them back and study them and just try to figure out what's right and what's wrong and how you can do it better and, and go from there. Right on. Uh, Nard, you got anything else before I we do? I have one go? last very important question, Kevin. I got a shirt in, in the mail today from pro wrestling tees. I want to know when game changer wrestling is going to send hook. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you never know, man. Uh, Ruby Soho is going to be at the uh, at the Hammerstein. Eddie Kingston's going to be there. Um, you know, uh, John Moxley currently holds the heavyweight championship in Game Changer Wrestling. Anything's possible, I guess. I would love to for Hook to be sent. Uh, I'm not sure if Hook is available or willing or wants to be sent anywhere besides <laughs> directly to TNT. Uh, television or TBS television, uh, as the case may be. And by the way, shout out to GCW for announcing that they are running center stage in Atlanta, uh, coming up here in the first part of 2022. Yeah, that's uh, with awesome. a, speaking of TBS and the Turner platforms, that got me all giddy. It, it's amazing to think of these historic buildings like Harpo's and the Hammerstein Ballroom and center stage like god knows what's next because obviously brett's on one with the legendary buildings why stop at hammerstein right just keep going and going and going and fucking going we gotta do the manhattan center next right like is that still that's smaller i think give me the odium (laughs) 
Oh yeah, it's the, the Manhattan Center is so small. I don't know if it can work. The tickets you can't go from the like Hammerstein to the Manhattan. Not a million Center. dollars. But. <laughs> so, so Mike, Mark, Saturday, the two of you plus Kyler, because right. you all have the JTR jerseys. Right. By the way, for those of that you are listening in, Mark for Christmas this year got custom jerseys for myself, himself, and Mike and Kyler are sometimes co-host. They're baseball style jerseys that are jumping the rail jerseys. Will the three of nice. you wear them that day just so that when Kevin sees you, he knows y'all fucking mean business? I may wear them with wear it with a pair of Zubas. I haven't decided no, I, yet. Oh, I've even got, I've, wow. got my jo- I've got my Joey Janela Never Dies t-shirt out just well, in case, so I might be able to throw it over yeah, the top. The button, yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned Zubas. As someone who owns one pair of Zubas, I have a question. Shoot. Wouldn't... <laughs> When you, when if you wore those Zubaz to the show, aren't don't you find them to be so like less than paper thin that it would almost be like not like wearing pants? Like, it's like you'd be freezing cold. It's like wearing pajama pants, so I might have to wear something yeah. underneath. He's putting the vibe. I wanted to make sure that the I'm first time back. I well, the only one I have. Yeah, I was like, wow, these are like so barely pants. Like, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, exactly. So for the ladies, definitely summer pajama pants. The Zubas, <laughs> Zuba is that the right word? Zubas. Zuba, yeah, Zuba. They literally looked like, and I, I but My back in the them. late '80s, early '90s, there was a craze about these like weird looking, you know, they're not sleeping pants. People wore these things all the they're, fucking time. They were workout pants. Yeah, just oh, ask they the road workout pants. That's what no, the road warriors were, designed these for. Oh no, I, I wore these fucking things all the time, and I don't know why. I was maybe high and drunk and stupid. But probably they were part of what I was wearing all the time. So now you call them Zubas, and I'm like, well, nah, they were just the fucking. Oh, that's the brand yeah. name. Okay, now I get it. I yeah, just I wish like, they had yeah. like a slightly heavier material version. I, I do agree I with that. It would with the elastic. It would, just cuffs. in other words, no, take nothing away from the pajama side, but give me something a little more like a track pants fabric, yeah. or right. even dare I say, a light denim or uh, something like that. Give me a sweatpant uh, in terms of weight, so that you could actually just wear them more. You know what I'm saying? There you yeah. go, denim. I'll wear them to the next fucking office party. All right, so there want, you go. So I want to get get these plugs in, Kevin. We really appreciate you coming on with us. And uh, on Friday, you guys will be in Detroit at uh, seven o'clock Central Time. Is that right? Yeah, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. All right, and then on and then Saturday, Saturday, Hoffman Estates for the die for this show, which we like. I said we will be at, and that also starts at uh, seven Central Time on Fight. And then January twenty third, you guys are at the Hammer. Does it start ballroom. at seven local time or I, seven central? I think I, it's seven central. Seven central, central is central, right. Yeah, but we are central too. Yeah, so Chicago for us, central it's local time. time. Yeah. So, uh, okay. so, so yeah, Kevin, thanks again for coming on with this. Uh, you guys can be seen on Fight TV. Wait a minute, for all you're, your big you're shows. You're wrong. No, it starts at eight on Saturday. Oh, it starts central. at eight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's eight to eleven, brother. Oh, nice. Yeah, we'll y'all be there gonna be like, some tired ass bitches coming my, home. My wife is driving us. She she needs something to do in Hoffman Estates. So anybody yeah, listening knows hours. what's going on in Hoffman Estates. Uh, All right, she'll have the kids with her, so you can't really yeah. like you know take her to the male strip club, ladies. Right. Well, no. Kevin, thanks a lot for coming on with us, man. It's been awesome. Uh, we will have you on again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about GCW. I appreciate your guys' support of GCW, and to anyone out there that wants to hear more from me. Uh, me and Brett Lauderdale from GCW do a podcast a few times a month that's available exclusively on patreon.com slash game changer wrestling. And uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at OG Kevin Gill, uh, Facebook Kevin Gill, and uh, just whatever. Hit me up and thanks for supporting independent wrestling. And check out 
dig, I have a, pro, a t- t-shirt store with some old designs on ProWrestlingTees.com where you could check out the new shit, including the shirt I was talking about earlier, which will be up on my site any second at Dignified Bastard. Just make sure it says fuck. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got to make a new fuck shirt just for you guys. And uh, Kevin, we will be uh, in touch about hopefully trying to run a show down here. Uh, just talk to Marco. Yeah. He's got all of our connections. So, uh, so awesome. And oh, yeah. Hope- Thanks again, guys, yeah, for man. thinking of me. And we'll, I'll see you soon. We'll see you on Saturday. Peace out. All right. So that was fun. What a great guy, man. Man, I can tell he's he really loves GCW. The show's going to be great. Both shows are. I'm going to watch it Friday. He's, no, he's, yeah, he was awesome. He's that part of the fun. culture. That's Kevin's awesome. He's a great guy. We appreciate him coming on. All the GCW guys we've had so far. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. All two of them. Yeah. Well, right. You know what, though? You know what, but though? anybody listening They're from... They're going to share this. And yes. we want Effie. Fuck you guys. I want Effie on this show. I want to hear. Yeah. I want to talk to Effie. I want to know we will try from to him. Happen. Because hope- let's be honest, he's lived a different life than we have. I want to know how he got here. How it's been to get there, how right. people have treated. I want to know from him what yeah. he feels. We'll try to ask him Saturday, but I'm concerned he may have a guitar wrapped around his neck he by may. the end of the evening. Come so, on, yeah. All right. So after the last episode, we made it our mission to not have a three-hour show, <laughs> which I know Narge complained about, even though he was sitting on his butt at home. We are four I, minutes shy of a two-hour show. I was All on right. my, I was in my bed. It was okay. Yeah. So do a six-hour show. So our bed. last order of business this episode is everybody's favorite segment: Top Ten Tuesday. And this week, our topic, Narge, is worst pay-per-views. Actually, our topic is past the Terramana without spilling it. Oh, and you'll appreciate this, Marco. Uh, WWE has done away with the term pay-per-view for their big events now. Oh, good. They are now called premium live events, which is more encompassing. It's called called We Fooled You Fuckers. (laughs) That's a little wordy. I can totally dig that. So hang on a minute. So we're going to the top ten. So that means top ten. Da, 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 da. I want to talk this about week. Oh, shit, my mic fell. This week, top ten, as opposed to showing you guys a list, you just have to listen to it. Just hang on to my words, as everyone should. He Gary did. knocked my mic over. He didn't so, touch your mic. Stop je- blaming the, the guest. That's Gary. that's the guest mic. He he mentally. <laughs> yeah, Gary single white female you into the co-host chair this episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. Number 10, worst pay-per-view, Starcade 1991, the first Lethal Lottery. What? Oh, man, it was awful. <laughs> lethal Lottery? No. Narge, why do you disagree? It was it was so thrown together. Who won that? Uh, first Sting. One. Sting won that. Yeah, because the Stanger won. Who, what? Big surprise. Uh, I already <laughs> hate this list. Go ahead. Continue. Number nine. Wait, hang on, Gary. Starcade 91, awful? Well, most of. WCW's pay-per-views from that era were awful. So, Starcade, if I remember you guys, Starcade was the predecessor to the WrestleMania. It was the first big pay-per-view event. I want in the okay. NWA. Right. I want to point and, out that early 90s WCW uh-huh. is this fan's favorite time of any professional wrestling. Now is that when I, is that when uh, Hulk was uh, Hulk was in WWE? Hulk, no, that was, was that was late 90s. That was, that was late 90s. Okay. This right. was Sting Rick Flair we'll, and a we'll bunch get of to that though. Okay. All right. Cool. cool. Up, All right. So. Narge may throw Number something. Nine. At me. Narge may throw something at me. I'm going to move this over here. here. Let me have the tequila. <laughs> 2020 No, I'm sorry. 2021 AEW Revolution. Uh, also oh. called the Exploding Barbed Wire Fart and Church match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. I don't remember the rest of the matches. On the exactly. Card. So, <laughs> my point. Exactly. What was what was the top match that night? You know, uh, come on, encyclopedia. Was it? Was it? 
wasn't that the one where the young bucks <laughs> fought Ray Phoenix? Did and they do the the thumbtack thing on the shoe? Maybe. No, that was I, that was all out. Oh, was it the one? I thought that was the one where they did the flipping pile driver through you know, two that, tables. That's every match. And then they still kicked out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's every match. Of course. Gary, yeah. did you watch AEW? But the fact yeah. that the only redeeming memory of that pay-per-view is the fiasco that was the ridiculous exploding barbed wire. It was. It wire. was terrible. And, you know, it, so we're going to get it again. But so this top ten is worst pay-per-view matches, right? No, pay-per-view events. Oh, the, the overall board. event. Everything uh, about Narge, do you agree with that? It was an AEW event, and I they don't. seem to be, like, on their up, not their down. And well, Mark, you fed me four tequila shots, and I don't remember what the hell <laughs> the match was. Quattro is tequila. AEW. I'm going to look it up. It I'm was AEW's... Last summer, right? It was last, like, spring, I think. Yeah. But the the rule should be you cannot have an exploding barbed wire match without at least a Funk or an Onita in it. Yeah, that's not a rule. <laughs> uh, what do we got? I'm looking All at it. Right. Yeah. Well, you look. No, that was the Bucks against the Inner Circle. Um, oh. Jericho and MJF. Well, I don't remember that. Oh, that, Phoenix. that Nah, that pay-per-view was pretty shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So do we agree nah. with Mark? Yeah, Darby and Sting okay. defeated. T- yeah, it was that was terrible. the MD- that, was right. the- that fucking sucked. Right. Go to number eight. Number eight, WCW Starcade nineteen ninety seven, the greatest build to a main event with the shittiest main main event match ever. Which what was, was the main event? Brett Hogan. shouldn't have been involved. They built up Hogan, Hogan versus Sting for a year and a half. Uh huh. And what happened? The match happened. Well, <laughs> so, so what was bad about it? There well, was a botched finish. Sting uh-huh. was overweight. Bret Hart was involved. Shouldn't have if been. you listen to Bischoff, Sting's hair was awful. Yeah, he did. Well, he was oh, that that the big problem. He was tan. Mark the thing. The thing about the and I agree with him. Maybe the best build. I mean, they literally sat Sting out for a year and a half to so build they this worked it properly. They, no they promoted. Words. It, they worked it right. Sting ain't doing shit for a year and a half. Didn't he ought to been hitting the gym to do cardio. He was he hitting was, McDonald's instead. He's yes. wearing a duster for a year and a half in <laughs> yeah. the rafters and not lifting weights. Well, the duster. I can tell you this from personal experience. We wear dusters. Because we look a lot bigger. Except when you're a lot bigger, we don't look as big as we are. Right. Dusters are really dual purpose. Oh, My okay. son said there's too many bad words on the show tonight. Well, that's Kevin Gill's that's fault. That's Kevin's <laughs> fault, Murray. That's fucking Kevin Gill's fault, man. Murray said those are bad words, Daddy. And I got texted. All right. So Number seven. We love you, Murray. Murray's good people. Scrappy nope. loves you more. <laughs> number seven, sticking with WCW in 1997. My God. Uh, Sh- sold, two in sold a out. year? Oh, sold out was terrible. Uh, uh, with the With the... Miss NWO? Yeah, that was the word, right? <laughs> Where'd they grab these ladies? Out of the truck stop. Yeah, it was pretty much. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Iowa in January. Oh, the silver <laughs> bullet was a step up from the Miss NWO. It would have been the silver bullet at 10 I'm trying to think, 97, no, that wasn't when I met her. Yeah. <laughs> but every every match was NWO interference. Terrible. Uh, Gary, what a, do you think? What one was it? Sold out 97. Oh, sold out. The original. Awful. Yeah, terrible. The only good match on that show was... Uh, I'm sorry, two good matches on that show. One was uh, Six and Eddie Guerrero ladder match. Yeah. And the other was the Outsiders and the Steiners for the tag titles. Now, so we can't, so we should be I, honest I, here, okay? I wanna, we can't shit on Eddie Guerrero matches never, ever, right? Never. Okay. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Like, X Pac, like, people talk about how good he was, but when you compare him to Eddie. He was not that good. But like, Eddie made everybody so much better just by working them that, yeah, that match is going to be a rememberable match on that card. Because yeah. Eddie, even then, when Eddie was kind of fat Eddie still. He was a little chunky, but that's all right. Like, when, he, when he wasn't, like, jacked to the gills after right. he came back from auto accident Eddie. His, his <laughs> mullet wasn't quite as glorious at the yeah, sold out. he wasn't show. greasy Eddie. Right. 
greasy, literally like yeah, like oiled up. Oiled not a up. not an aspersion. On no, <laughs> no, like he had oil everywhere, like because he would just got jacked to the gills. Oh, yeah, when to he the was gills, out. yeah. So like, but Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and Benoit, Benoit and Jericho at the time they could have or Regal at the yeah. time. He Don't could forget have, Lenny Lane. He could have, they could have a match with a broomstick and make it, make it a five star match. Right. So any any WCW pay per view of the era when you're like, but that match with Benoit was, it's like no, <laughs> you, you, you can't, can't talk about you that. You can't. No, use we can't that because that's going <laughs> because to we only be talk good. about the wrestling. Yeah, I tried to watch. Was it Sin the other day? Was that the Sid match? Yeah. We can't watch it. Well, I couldn't even get there because the first part of the pay per view was terrible. Yeah, I'm like Mike. Oh, well, so much cruiserweight shit. Yeah, the problem is the the agents when they went out for the main event, you know, the old theater. They told Sid break a leg. Yeah, they didn't know he was going to take him well, up. Well, so uh, we're getting off topic, but did they really think that Road Warrior Animal was a suitable surprise? I can't yes. imagine why they would. He was over. I mean, I don't. What's I, six or five or <laughs> number what? six? Yeah, I we'll get off. All right, thing. number six. I think you'll all agree with me on. King of the Ring, 1995. Mabel. I disagree. Mabel. I disagree entirely. <laughs> Mabel. The third man, Mabel. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing with Mabel, he has all the right pieces. He just wasn't booked right, I don't feel like. Plus, he he was really not a great. And it's, it's, it's really weird to talk about him as a good or bad worker because he's a 500-pound man. He's just a big dude. But, yeah, it, I don't know. He couldn't. He didn't work safe. He almost killed Diesel in SummerSlam. I think it hey, maybe If a, a person better... weighs 500 pounds, they can literally walk into the door, and if you try to walk into the same door, you'll die from them well, yeah, running you through. Be, so. I think a better mouthpiece for him, maybe. Uh, was he still with Mo? Oh, no, he was. He was. He was with Mo. Oscar or whichever. He, he was with Mo, but Mabel was the leader. He was the talker. And it shouldn't have been. And that's no. my point. Yeah. Had he had a good, because he's a, he could. I mean, the leg drop it, similar to Yokozuna, right? But Yoko he did it way that better. Leg man, oh Yoko made it. Yoko I mean, did it safe. Five that he he knew to bend the leg. Yeah, he dropped it. All right, Gary, King of the Ring '95. Was that the ECW one too? No, no, that was, that 90. was... Wait, no, it was '95. Yeah, because it was in Philly. Sandman and uh... that that I I I've never understood. So WWF or WWE gets on these tangents where it's either super tall dude, no muscle, like Giant Gonzalez, like guy guy was super tall, very tall. But I mean, Bob Baba had bigger guns. Giant Baba (laughs) had bigger guns than Gonzalez. Do we do we consider Andre the Giant to be like big or just big? He was thick. Well, he was in his youth. He was super like he. But I mean, his his to me, to me, his heyday was you know. The 80s, and then he did, yeah. of course, Princess Bride. Well, but was, at that time, wasn't he kind of just, like, big? By, he the was, time, by the time he got to Princess Bride, he, was he lost back, a lot of strength because okay. of his back. Yeah, because of the degenerative be, stuff going on? Check him out yeah. in the 70s. But before, okay. but before that, he was doing drop kicks. Yeah. And wow. things like that when he was younger. He I saw do, that, yeah. He, First could do, guy to, he could do standing drop kicks yep. and stuff. And he was very, very athletic, but he was also strong. He he, There was a there was a there one of my favorite Andre stories was he was – after a show in a bar and of course most people were buying him drinks some of the townies came in they started trying to piss andre off because they thought oh he's just this guy we see on tv he's not going to do anything they spilled his beer or something and then they ran out so they're starting their car and by the time they look over he's at their car and he flipped their car over (laughs) 
Yeah, but I mean, the they only spilled one of his beers. That's like one out of what did, what did I read one day. He drank like 83 beers. He was still 100, sober. 156 in one sitting. Well, well, right. They, so they, one beer, they, really? Less than well, 1% they, they of his been, alcohol was been, wasted? They had basically been like prodding him and uh, wanting plus, him to fight. And he kept they were goading no. him, huh? Okay. Yeah. Plus, he may All have right. been drinking out of a pitcher also. Yeah, but. Because he used to 156 drink. pitchers? No, no, no. Oh, well, like, holy he, fuck. He used that, to. That's the, the other thing is when he had his back surgery, that's how they figured out how to anesthetize it, was how, how much it took him to get drunk. Yeah. Because they, they didn't know how to anesthetize somebody wow. that big. How big was he? Seven well, they they build him at seven four. He's probably about seven one, seven two. But weight is what matters. Uh, it's about five hundred by that point. Five hundred. Holy by the fuck! End. I didn't know he was that big. But yeah. uh, they wow. said Kerry Elway said this on an interview because he was you know Andre from Princess Bride. Uh, he said when uh, when Andre's having his back problems, they the only way they can medicate him, not even anesthetize him, was just drink. You know, because how do you get enough medication wow. for a giant? All right, we're getting off topic. As um, you I have people waiting wish. for me at the bar. Keep going. Number five. Where are we going to? We are going to Pia Sports Bar here in town. Where Pia? It has been suggested. Maybe we should do a live show. I don't know okay. who suggested that. Pia's that a guy by the name a of regular the, ha- the hammer the, oh, the hammer. hammer. Okay, so number five. Five. My eyes are killing me. Number five. You will all agree with this. WCW uncensored 1995. Maybe most remembered for the King of the Road match with Dustin Rhodes and the Blacktop Bully that got them both fired. Was Vader a part of that show? He was. Then take it off the list. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> when you say Dustin Rhodes, do you mean Dusty yeah. Rhodes? That no, I know no, Dusty. his son, Gold his Dust. Son, okay, just making sure. Old, old Dust. They're really, you know, similar. Blue just Dust, sure. Old Dust, yeah. All right, so Narge disagrees because it had Vader on it. Yeah, but. go ahead. All right, number four, WrestleMania Eleven. 1995. LT, are you? Um. <laughs> no, just throw down his headphones. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> just actually, my big issue with with WrestleMania 11 was production. There were so many glitches with the audio. There Nicholas was. Turturro had to do the same segment twice. Well, let's on, be honest. On Butte. Lawrence Lawrence Taylor and Bigelow, they did their job. It should have been the main event. No. Wait, that was the year LT was in. Yes. Yeah. yeah fuck you. But, You're wrong. <laughs> but did they do their job? They did do their job. It was an entertaining match. It gave the world Mongo McMichael for a wrestling atmosphere. Mongo? Reggie Wait, White? Mongo the was there, too? He Mongo? wasn't wrestling. He was he was ringside. The but he min- was there. Reggie, Mongo? Reggie White? The hey, by the way, defense? rip Mongo. Rip Mongo? He's still alive. Mongo's alive. He's still alive. Oh, I thought, I thought no, he was just bury talking. him. Yeah, no. goddammit. He's still alive. No, it was John Madden. Yeah. No. Boom. All right. Ooh. We're getting off. But outside of, same deal, outside of two matches, no, that was alive. a crap show. All right. Number four? That was number four. Number three, Uncensored 1996, which was the alliance to end Hulkamania. What? With with the, the gangster the and gangster, the ultimate solution? Yeah, in the triple cage. <laughs> As a kid. So, I don't know. What year was that? 96? 96. Some 12. And they bring to... Zeus out. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, it's Zeus. <laughs> yeah. And then he didn't do any. He did the the thing. The, the, the arms. The arms thing. He did the thing. The arm gimmick. <laughs> My apologies on the Mongo. Mongo is currently suffering from a debilitating disease. He's got the ALS. That's yeah. it. Good I, I thought Mongo something had happened beyond was, that, but no. It was, holy crap, that's Zeus, but not Zeus. Oh, yeah, Zeus. that was it. <laughs> a, a, very, a very racist depiction of Zeus. They wanted him to ride in on his bicycle, but they said Debo. No. Z-Gangster. Z-Gangster. Well, the ultimate solution turned into what? He went from ultimate, because it was, it was he a was Nazi Jeep, thing. He to, was Jeep Swenson first. Yeah, then he went to the final solution. I yeah, think. they called him the final solution. But well, they call him the, Bane. 
Well, he, Bane. he was Bane in the well, in he Batman was Bane Forever. Batman he Forever. Was, but he was nice. Remember, remember, like their very thinly veiled attempt at repackaging Alex Wright as Berlin. Oh, as Berlin, it, yes, as, as being basically, basically like an SS officer. <laughs> well, and then his bodyguard oh, yeah, overpassed. You know, the obviously the wall was yeah. more. Has the W has the WWE gotten past the point of thinking that? Nazi stereotypes are cool. They they don't, they that was WCW. That was WCW. No, whatever it was. Yeah, they, WWF never done that. Side note: okay, You remember good, the good, Wall good. Hogan thing when he was no, at the no, Lola but Vila? I'll tell you what WWE has never gotten over. Right stereotypes. now, they have a, a Japanese guy, <laughs> and what did they repackage him? He was just a guy that went out and worked really hard, didn't speak a whole lot of English. So they're like, let's. How do we get him over? Let's make him a ninja. Hmm. Oh, Tazawa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now, Allow me to hand you a stereotype. Take how about, it. How about the yeah. other guy who what comes out with a guitar team. player and dances? Well, that kind of goes along with his New Japan gimmick. Yeah. He was always the king of rock and roll. Yeah, kind of but they killed, they killed Elvis I Presley. Love... is called the king of rock and roll. We should not desecrate that name ever. Fair I right. love Nakamura yeah, when he came Gary's over. with you on that. Yeah. Uh, All right. We're going to move on here. Nakamura to, sucks. Now. And in any other universe, this would be my number one. But at number two, King of the Ring 1994. Featuring uh, the com- commentary stylings of Art Donovan from the Baltimore Colts. Is this where Brett wins, though? No. Uh, that, that was 93. This is Owen. But, okay. But yeah, he just year was that? What year was that? Just for 1994. Wasn't the next year the year the Colts moved to Indy? No, that was 84. <laughs> then why did you say the Baltimore Colts? Because Art Donovan played for the Baltimore Colts back well, in the 1920s. Him. I thought you said he was the commentary for the no. Baltimore Colts. But basically, Art spent the whole time asking how much each person weighed. On comment because he didn't know shit about wrestling. One hundred and ninety-seven pounds plus I th- a few. I thought Randy Savage was going to strangle him <laughs> during that show because Savage was on commentary Ooh, with yeah, Gorilla. Bro. Well, he, he he apparently wasn't on the 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 good stuff that night because he might have. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Number four. Come number on. One. Number one. Number one. Oh, we're there. I'm sorry. Can you I guess? That's not counting your shots, Namarco. Son of a bitch. Can I guess? Let me yes. solve that problem. Is it dis- December to dis- December? No, he does not. Did it make the list? Are you? That was number 11. Damn. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Narge. Narge. Breathe. Substitution. You know the entire top nine. If it's AEW, I quit this show. But hang on. Hang on. But you know nine of the top ten. You don't know number one. So of the nine you've heard, which one gets kicked out of the fucking ten for the one you're talking about? Don't say AEW. AEW. Ah. Out. No, actually... The one with Vader, the Vader uh, one. Censored 95. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of wondering, like, if this isn't, like, an ECW. Because where was let, the ECW let, or Impact on the, or TNA on this like, thing? Let, let's, let's. What about so Hardy Mark, versus Sting, don't, Gary? Don't get me wrong. Like, ECW had some killer pay-per-views. They did. But. That's some ne- shit. Near the end. Oh, my God. Were there some really, really bad pay-per-views. So, I love Mark, but he neglects ECW and TNA. For some reason, he forgets it. He, like, pushes them into the back well, of Because his. for you... all the bad ones that they've had, I've seen yeah. worse. What Once you get to, like, Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam 17. <laughs> so, but hang on a minute. No. So, here, we have a really. And Jerry you know, Lynn never of the wins. Nine, of the nine he's already mentioned, throw one out and throw yours in. Mark. Put a little commentary. I, yeah, I'm, I got to throw. Who are we throwing uh, out? Uh, EC, the, the, the fake 95. ECW December. The one with yeah, Vader? The 95. The Vader thing. I, Vader's and we're going to replace. And, so, Mark, in your list, replace the Vader thing with. Do it now. Uh, dis, December to <laughs> dismember. And and I'm going to be. I'm going to agree. That was an awful pay-per-view. Terrible. But I. Th- or anything from WWE 2020. That would that would fit. Too. I'm I'm passing on that because that was because of circumstances. <laughs> I'm not putting that in the list. 
I mean, they had to work with what they had. So, and I don't know enough about TNA, but obviously the Hardy Sting thing. That I don't was, know the rest of the uh, show. That was just one match, but but, but just for rewatch value of Sting just housing <laughs> Jeff Hardy, yeah. trying to wrestle like, a legit dead like, fish. Yeah. It wasn't even trying to. He just did like a Sting pinning. smash and pinned him. Like Sting's just like, you know what? I weigh like three times you, <laughs> and you haven't worked out since like. 2003. So. I could have, I could have easily put a lockdown on there. The oh. all steel cage pay per views. Yeah. Oh, those are horrible. But that's neither here nor there. Because right. Right. one's great, but then when you can't see the yeah. match for like the entire pay per view. I heard a story that Dusty pitched an all steel cage pay per view as a joke in a creative meeting, and Dixie thought he was serious and went with it. What I always liked about Wait, the cage, what? you got to have the hole cut into the cage to put what's, the camera in. What's beach? Which beach? That bash at the beach was it where Hogan? kept the title and then got stripped later after he'd already left that was, was halloween of, havoc 95 yeah that, that would have replaced something well, that's one with the yeti no 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 giant no. double team you're talking about the one where hogan oh. and jarrett jarrett laid down yeah. right and hogan oh, that's was like, of the beach 2000 screw yeah, this shit yeah i just want all the listeners yeah. to recognize that no matter what match is mentioned no matter what match i swear to god there was an under mat underwear match between two girls that nobody's ever heard of Mark Redman knows exactly which match, which year, where it was held, and what color fucking underwear each woman was wearing. And if you don't believe me, just listen to this show. And I will tell you my what, years nobody, of marriage that's been slowly fading out. Of nobody would out talk the three of us though in professional wrestling no. history. Between the three of us, I think we would be able to. Oh yeah, I, 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 I would not doubt that at all. No, not at all. All right, Mark, all we're right. ready to get number, number one. one. Number one. Number one. I was just looking and, for a drum roll. Very and this, well, and this counts as a pay per view, although it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't from a major company. It's not okay. From October tenth, nineteen ninety nine, Heroes of Wrestling. That's uh, the one where Scott Hall did his floppy fish business. It's right? the one where like Nightheart and Yokozuna were in the main well, event. If your fish is floppy, and, uh, you have problems. Jake Roberts was no, it was out of his Jake, mind. not Hall. That's right. It was yeah. Jake, where he was out hit grabbing the woman by the. Yeah, it was Jake just Robert a, Jake the Snake. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was good. a this fucking fiasco. Oh, that's when Jake was on the cracks. So. Yeah, this is in all of the documentaries. Jake was literally on the outside. Of the, he grabbed some woman by her breast, like. I'm guessing not oh, with permission. Oh, oh me not too. Not with permission. Too. Yeah, this Hashtag was a me, me too, too, too thing for sure. Yeah. But rude. But he's turned his life around, so you know he's. Uh, they got a podcast. He's got a new podcast with DDP. Yeah, uh, really? I don't remember what it's called. Uh, Snake Pit. With Snake. The DDP Snake Pit or something yeah. like that. All right, so that's my number one, the Heroes of Wrestling. But uh, that one actually is in its entirety on YouTube if you really <laughs> are a glutton for punishment. So I think, actually, I'm going to make a plug because next uh, episode we may have a guest. I'm working on that, but if not, we are going to do a full-blown Royal Rumble preview because, you know, we got that coming up. And... Uh, and we're going to get into a topic that actually I meant to get into today, but uh, it's a, actually a pretty good one. It was on a Facebook group called Pro Wrestling Classics I came across yesterday. A guy named Rashad Duncan posted this topic, and I'm going to save this for next week. So here's your brown M&M for next episode. You think about this, Dwayne. And, uh, <laughs> and everybody else listening. And everybody else listening, and, and then weigh in when we get to this. And here's his post that he put out. He said, man, I had a random thought about Stone Cold Steve, I'm quoting, being the biggest superstar in the history of WWE, even with Hulk Hogan, Bruno Sammartino, and The Rock. Is it because of ratings 
and tickets sold. I'm asking because it's hard to see it past Hogan. And yes, I'm from the '80s. So, Dwayne, this is right in your wheelhouse, buddy. Dwayne, Hogan. who is literally still in now, the we're '80s. Now we're not going to answer it right now. Well, we got we're on time. Let's like, save it for the next. This one. is the cliffhanger. This is the cliffhanger. This is the cliffhanger. God damn it. So Brother. we'll we'll get into that and the Royal Rumble and hopefully a guest next episode on the 25th. I got it right this time. That's right. But we're picking our butts for the Rumble next. This week, Saturday, right? this Saturday, the 15th. Is that right? 15th. 15th the boys, Narge, Mark. Tyler and Kyler are headed to Chicago to Hoffman Estates, actually, mm-hmm. for the GCW match. There is a good chance that there will be some live content that day, either recorded live, and then we'll put it into something. I want to maybe we'll do some videos, or yeah. maybe we'll yeah, but maybe we'll do a live spot. Don't know yet. We're going to discuss it. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now: our next episode may be the 25th recording. But if we create this special package of stuff. You're going to need to figure out how to get your hands on it. You can only find that out he by said, watching our page. He said package. I said package. package hands on. You want to handle our package. <laughs> if you want your hands on our package, you better listen careful. Hey, right. real quick. Thank you, Gary. Yes. Thank, Gary, fuck, thank man. you to my buddy, Gary Vesselio. I'm going to reach out and rub for his those, beard. For those of you that don't know, Gary and I do a an acoustic musical a-go-go act called The Third Wheels. Well, the occasion. guy's also a music. He's, he's the a, guy? He's a singer. Yeah. Hey, oh, Mark's fuck. used to be. He's not a musician. He's a Mar- singer. Mark's used to be in The Third Wheel. Yeah, he's, uh, he's I am. a third wheel. We are the third wheels, though. Ow. Like the Lone Rangers, you know. Can't polarize the Lone the Rangers. The Tone Rangers? But, uh, but yeah, wow. we have a Facebook page. Well, that's page. better than the you Tone Def Rangers. That, that was the last band. And uh, But, yeah, so just a cheap plug. You can hear some of our stuff on Reverb Nation and, uh, you know, Rebels Fair Collective, which was a former sponsor of the show. But, Gary, we, we're going to have you back, for I think, for a recurring segment where you can just yell at clouds and be grumpy Gary like we, like we know you to be. Next time, just to... This guy? your schedule. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll zoom you. We'll in. zoom him in. Gary's we'll not grumpy. We'll we really, we really did enjoy Did've having you him? here because it's a, <laughs> it's a different feeling to have somebody in the room. Yeah. On Zoom or whatever, it's like, oh, we're talking, but in the room, with, without Narge in the room, I wanted to have now. Gary with us. Gary, how do you feel about the half-naked Rick Springfield poster behind your shoulder? <laughs> oh, I didn't even know what that you didn't, was. Yeah, it's Rick Springfield. Now you're gonna make him look. It's him and Jesse's girl doing their thing. Without right. Jesse knowing. Yeah. Actually, Speaking that's Bruce of, Springsteen's wife at the time, I think. Speaking of <laughs> Jesse, uh, rest in peace to Jesse's brother-in-law, Bob Saget. Oh, former, God, yeah. Former Chikara you know commissioner. What? Hang, on. Hang on. Hang on. We're doing the tin bells. Yep. Bob gets three. Knock that off. Gets got the tin. He sucked dick for coke once. I seen him. No, he just told you he did. <laughs> I promise you he had enough money for coke, but he may have given a rock to someone once. We lost our dad and our grandma in the last At the same day. time, yes. And and our coach. Oh, yeah, and our coach. So, yep, rest in peace to Big Bob. We love dirty work. And Full House was good. Fuller House and pretty much everything I, the guy I did haven't seen enough of genius. Fuller House to have an opinion. Uh, well, I mean, you know, he did, How I Met he Your did, Mother. He did How yep. I Met Your Mother. He voiceovered. He was the host of Family Video, whatever it's called. America's what? Funniest I posted that one. Yeah. the other day. He was the guy who showed us cat videos before. Right. Showed I mean, us I mean cat he was videos. Bob Saget, and I, I was lucky. I had some friends that ran a, a venue about what, an hour south of here, and they texted me when they said, hey, man, guess who's going to be here tonight? I'm like, I don't fucking know because you're an hour away from me. I don't know. And Bob Saget. I'm like, Bob, wait a minute. The Full House guy? Yeah. You've got to come see his show. Why should I come see his show? He's fucking hilarious. Really? I've seen his TV show. I'm not sure about that. No, no. He's not the same guy. We promise. So I went, got the tickets, grabbed a friend, went to the show. 
Yeah, I left the show with a whole new understanding of Bob Saget. I can say now that that guy could do clean jokes and he could do totally not fucking clean jokes and you would laugh equally hard at both of them. I think that is a stirring tribute by our producer Marco to to a great man. And uh, so until the 25th, uh, I'm Mark. That's Narge for Gary and for Marco. We will see you in two weeks. Drink Terramana tequila. Bye.